me see for make me name. Me want the body, him want the punani. I mean, no way nice. So. When the girls start to strut, you could look at their but you shouldn't do that. The girl dress is just a pity, not just there to cover her kitty. When me a fling it up, you better know to back it up. When me a dash it up, make sure you black it up. If you ever flap it up, then me a go lock it up. Pack it up like Benji who a drop. So, me want the body if you make me feel nice. Why? Tell me what you really want. Me want the panani, see for make me nice. Me love the way you walk, sometimes the way you talk is so hot. Now you know, let's have a shot to rum. Then we can make you come with me to the ocean. That would be fat. You can be my bow chart. Nice ital breeze, bring it to your knees. Jamming. Yo, this a gyal and a blow me rather wind up slow when me turn it around. You have to come tomorrow in case you never know me start me who and who. Me tell you from start me no go down low. Let's do it all night from the left to the right. Say my name, Steve. Tell me oh it nice. It's quite alright. Water run from the pipe. I love it like that, but I won't bite. So wind up slow when me turn it around. You have to come. Welcome back, Golden Globies. Glad you love Roadhouse so much. Whoa, yeah. Hot off the heels of success of Roadhouse. That was great. So thanks, everybody, for appreciating Who knew that. all we needed was Patrick Swayze? Patrick Swayze, I told you. Make people care. We need a little Swayze in our days. Going little, crazy for Swayze. Crazy for Swayze. So we're coming off the heels, and you, I mean, if you're going to be fucking hot, you're going to be goddamn hot. You can't let that cool off. You gotta we're, back. We're it. hot oh. shot in this show, Griff. Oh yeah, we definitely are hot shotting yeah. it. We called up our friend Vince Russo. Said, "How can we <laughs> fucking figure out how to crash this show faster than anything?" Right. We got to make up for the the awful episode we had. The, the awful episode. Oh, yeah. that episode. Yeah, that episode. That's right. <laughs> so, how do you make it a, a good episode better? You bring in some old favorites, Griff. That's right. Next couple weeks, it's going to be old favorite week. We're going to have guests that haven't been on in a while, but we still love them. Who do we start out with first? Why, our old friend from jolly old England himself, Stuart Bannerman. Stuart, how the hell are you? I'm okay, baby. <laughs> I'm okay. Oh, he, no, <laughs> Sensei is that? Sensei is here. Yep. I've, <laughs> yeah, I've been busy. I, uh, I wasn't on your show last year, which was like, whoa, that's because I was, I was busy writing this book for a couple of friends of mine. So shout out to Megan and and Harold. You know, thought I'd yeah. just write a book for them and and help them put together the Netflix series. They're having a bit of family trouble, so I thought I would, uh, I'd help them out, but. Uh, but no, it's good to be back in the Golden Globus Theater. I missed you guys. Yeah, that's right. We welcome you into our arms. You know, I, I thought I thought we got you in last year, but I, was your last was the last one the Rucker Hour movie? I think it was Wedlock, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that was, it was. It was too powerful an episode. We had to cool things down. We're we like, did. Yeah, yeah, you guys don't deserve him. Right. It wasn't us. That's right. How uh, how is uh, old Wembley doing? Wembley's Wembley's cold. Wembley's freezing. We're in temperatures of just stupid amounts because, you know, it's it's winter here. Game of Thrones was right. Winter is coming. Winter has been here for months. People can't afford to put the heating on. So, you know, I'm just having to stand around watching Steven Seagal movies and and feeling the heat generate from my screen to, to keep my body warm. Hey, so how do you think all we're is warm okay. over here? Wait, same like thing. Uh, but we're still selling out every Thursday for the whenever our new episode drops. We, we tell yeah, people, 
Yeah. 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 You sell it you sell it out on the Thursday and also the, the catering trucks and stuff are doing well Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday right. for the people queuing up before the, the stadium opens. So good always good. Look, always we know we know Brexit was going to cause some some problems, and we're doing our best to keep your economy afloat. That's right. That's what, you know, we give. That's right. Unlike our politicians, who are doing the best to crash the economy exactly. and ruin the entire country and <laughs> exactly. planet. It's interesting you hear you guys have a winter because we're going through the weirdest winter. Like we you actually, have, we have a cold day today. And yesterday was pretty cold, but we've been having like 45 degree days and everything. Yeah, like, it's like it, spring here. Yeah, it has Sucks. not been very cold. Uh, not good. It's not good. No. But uh, we got to talk about topic at hand. We got to talk about Mr. Sensei Seagal. And I'm glad you brought up that you, you know, you, you write, you do filmmaking and all that. You have been traveling with Steven Seagal in your heart for many of years now. Since 1988, How? 1988, I learned and I, I sort of worshipped at the couch of Seagal. <laughs> um, you know, because we, we all need $10 now and again. It's the quickest way to, to earn it is by bowing down to the couch of Seagal. But, you know, don't, don't judge, guys. Don't judge. Are you, uh, you got the pillowy leather jacket in your closet and everything from when you thought he was a fashion, fashionista? I have. I've also got. I liked the, the the fashion that he wore in On Deadly Ground, that Oscar-winning classic. And oh, I, yeah. I went out and I'm dressing like a like an Inuit. And, oh, you know, smart. It's good in this weather as well. I Very imagine good. you have his final speech tattooed across your ribs from On Deadly Ground. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do. I have that Oscar-winning speech. I also have all <laughs> the wise words he's ever said tattooed across my penis. Smart. Yeah, that's where you need it. That's where you need yeah, it. Baby, it's long, right? it's yeah. long enough. It's long enough. It's, it's very it's for, for all his for all his wise words. So you have had him in your life since 1988. Yeah, it was above the law your first ever cigar? Yeah, yeah it was. Well, it was called Nico here in the UK. Oh, oh. So it was the first film. So we got Nico. Uh, they were kind of re- released in weird order in the UK. So we sort of got them in the wrong order. So we got Nico, oh. Hard to Kill. Uh, out for justice and then marked for death, but I believe they were released the other way around everywhere oh, else. So marked for death was before, and then under siege. And I love all those movies. Yeah, and then are... I, and then I don't know what happened. <laughs> he is he is legitimately like a fun action star to watch. But he was he was yeah. Really, what before we get too far away from my question here, you've gotten to see him from 1988. We're going 20 years later for this movie. How? Because Sensei himself wrote this movie. <laughs> yes, he wrote it. How do you he think? Said, he wrote. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think he has evolved? Has he, you know, uh, uh, matured at all? What What do you think about Stevens going eighty eight compared to two thousand and eight? I think he has uh, age matured very, very well, and I think you got the words mixed up. He has definitely devolved uh, <laughs> quite rapidly after <laughs> Under Siege. Yes. And uh, I don't know why. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of filmmakers and actors, they spend too long practicing, researching, acting lessons and all that crap. Just yeah. skip all that. Just go, oh, I'm not busy tomorrow. Anybody got some money? Let's put a film together. That's right. Uh, and, we'll, and we'll do that. And he's more efficient, I think. He's He spits them out more than Tracy Lord's 40 years ago or whatever. Right. He is like the well, half of the movies is stunt doubles. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, they're, they're actually, I did some research. It's not a stunt double, they're stunt triples <laughs> that he uses. He's that this. big. They had to He's use a triple. Big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, we might need some Velcro for that one. 
they're, uh, they're all just piled under his leather jacket, and they just they are indeed. Heads up. Have you, you have you ever seen that episode of Friends when Joy wears all of Chandler's clothes? That is where Stephen went. You know what? Hey, baby, <laughs> Lord have mercy. I got an idea. No, we're a big fan of Jimmy Valian. Uh Stewart is not doing a boogie 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 woogie man reference there. That is. Sensei Seagal doing a Memphis accent. And channeling his southern roots where he learned how to play the blues. Yeah. Pretty Is good. that what it was? Was that Memphis? I thought he was just a big Forrest Gump fan. Nah, baby. Uh, yeah, baby. It's supposed to be Memphis. I mean... We all, you, you've, you've been to Tennessee, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. Did they, all, they all end every sentence with baby, right? Oh, every sentence. Yeah. Like, I went and got, uh, you know, I forget what the place is called. I think it's called Hot Chicken, you know, some of those yeah. Tennessee hot, Nashville Hot yeah. Chicken or whatever really they call it. They put the pickles and shit on it. Well, I don't fuck with pickles. Well, it's disgusting. who does, but I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, when you go to order there, every interaction ends with, that's their period, baby. Like, when they write out theses and everything, they don't put periods. They put baby in very small font. I believe wow. it. Yeah, it's very true. This is educational that. as well as uh, what we do. This podcast. You it's guys are do. awesome. Yeah, that's what we do. <sighs> so Sensei, of course, he's he's a little blown up in this movie. We're going to see him write all of his own characters into this movie and everything. And he has not gone far away from his old tropes. There's 19 different characters who talk him up. And then they yeah. introduce a lot of characters that he tears down. And that's something we need to talk about, the characters that he tears down. Because think about that. They introduce a Fed agent, an FBI agent. And from the moment she steps into the scene, they shit all over her. Well, she has no experience. She's all about following the book, you know, following the laws. That's not how you get results. Yeah. Cops have to th go outside the border of what is right and what is wrong. Good cops. They get, yes. Cops to get results. Right. And so that's what he does. But I found myself questioning, does Steven Seagal have a problem with the feds, or does he hate women? I know the answer. You can, it's the second you, you one can have just given. You, you can, can have, have both. both. Yeah, you, you can, can have both. both. Oh, shit. Okay. He's getting his Sunday and eat, or cake and eating it, too. Well, he uh, certainly uh, is. If you look at him in a lot of his subsequent films, he's certainly... Yeah. Well, that's what the know. metaphor of the birthday party at the beginning is. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I told story. you guys, this is the deepest fucking movie, and here we are, already three well, layers into it, this four-layer cake. Yeah, this is well, I, well, I have a theory that he whacked his so-called brother just so he could have his half of the cake. That could be true, too. I didn't even know that was he his brother. He invited the serial killer to the party. I, I wouldn't yep. be surprised. Yeah. I, I think he's a serial killer himself. <laughs> I mean, there is an interesting twist that could happen in this movie, and he totally writes himself out of it in the last scene. But there's a lot of, I guess he he leaves stuff for us to like think about, you know, and like use our imagination. They right. do that enough. Every, every, we always complain about they spoon feed us everything in these movies, yeah. and he's just like, you figure it out. I know we've had to do this speech so many times for our show because you know, Golden Globus Theater. Where's the fucking canon movies? We, and then we have to say, no, it's the spirit of canon. What is more the spirit of a canon movie than Steven Seagal movies? Because like, like Stewart said, he just churns these fucking things out. Yeah. He's full L. Ron Hubbard. He just well, Russian mob's got a lot of money they need laundering. So, exactly. You know, he does his job. <laughs> right. He's like penny a word type of actor, you know? He just fucking churns the shit out and gets it out there. And who cares? It's probably a carbon copy of another movie that we might do in the future. But <laughs> Right. 
how do you sell this movie, Murray? You already did in the last cheap. episode. Cheap. That's how you sell it. You cheap. cheap. You give it away with like a bag of chips. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. He's. It's like it says on the back of the DVD. He's not just the best detective in uh, Tennessee. He has the record for most cases solved. It can never just. He can't be just good. He's got to be the best. Every movie. Yeah. Yeah. And you're saying. Anybody can stop one serial killer in a movie. Sensei stops two serial killers. They're same totally time. unrelated. They're not even working together. In the same time, at the same time, in the same town even. Yeah. That's how fucked Memphis is. Yeah, it's all full of serial killers crawling with I was thankfully in Nashville where there's zero serial killers that we know of. Right. Right. Uh, I found the first five minutes of this movie incredibly comforting. Because when you go, <laughs> seriously, when you, when you watch as many movies as we do, action yeah. movies and everything, you know, you never know which way it's going to go. But with Seagal, you start out bad accent right off the bat. You're like, fuck yes. Bad give accent it to me. or bad ass accent? Bad ass accent. Yeah. I, uh, I thought that's the there. one thing we were going to agree on. He nailed the accent. Nailed it. Yeah. yeah. Stephen Seagal is the greatest orator of our time. Yes. Orator? Is that the word? All I know is I watched it with closed captioning because I have to when we do a Sensei movie. And there was tons of just inaudible. Yeah. Like, they didn't even fucking know what the Stuart, hell was. Stuart, did saying. you also watch it with closed captioning? <laughs> no, but I did watch it. So I want some sort of medal for actually getting to the end credits on this thing. <laughs> it was 90 action-packed minutes. I don't know what you're talking Well, actually, the action was some of the worst. That's another thing seen. we were talking about. He's, he's like uh, Golan Globus in that 90 minutes. He knows that's you can't. Mm. Oz, it's too much. Even the Russians who he's laundering money for know 90 minutes is Steven Seagal's sweet spot. Don't go longer. (laughs) I mean, we were joking about it with Swayze and Van Damme, how they all went into the action drama type world, two-hour movies and everything. Sensei said, no, I did Under Siege. I kind of did the closest I'll ever come to that. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. I'm moving on. I'm going backwards. (laughs) Well, the reason is that most of... Most of Seagal's movies are 90 minutes is because that's how long he can go before his blood sugar needs sorting out and he's going to eat something. Right. <laughs> he can't go there, two hours. There are a couple scenes where you can't see his oxygen tank in the frame. I mean, because he's just hitting it in between lines. I mean, the last movie we did, he had a fight scene where he was literally sitting down fighting a <laughs> guy. And this movie, movie made me miss that scene because he is literally nowhere near a fight scene in this movie. No, it's just him in front of a camera just slapping his hands at the camera. <laughs> yes. Two cats fighting. Love it. I it's mean, I, for, a sec- for a second, I'm like, did Amir Shirvan of Samurai Cop direct this? Because there's so many reaction shots. That's like half of his, his fucking role. I... I love this because, you know, we always compliment it, you know, gave credit to Seagal because he's so fucking big and he had the Aikido training for his first movies and everything. And he could flip people and he worked with that. And in this movie, it's a lot of cat fights, slap fights. Um, a lot of breaking of glass. This is what I wanted to bring it to because yeah. we see him fucking wreck people, <laughs> smashing faces yeah. on mirrors, tables. It is completely, sorry, Stuart, AEW booking. Like these guys are getting fucking wrecked. And then in the next scene, they're fine. Yeah, they get up then. They're like, oof, where'd that drop? A guy, a guy got thrown out of a four-story window and get Tw- in. No 12 times. 12 times yeah. he got thrown out. I counted. <laughs> oh 12 fucking God. times he gets oh thrown my. out of a window. And, it, and it's like, oof, that hurt. Yeah. 
Literally the next day, he gets out and he's walking. No cuts or anything. Nothing. Not a single fucking scratch. He was bleeding all over the place. But yeah, when he gets out of prison, no, no tape, no nothing. What? Where's the continuity, Seagal? Come on. You beat the shit out of that guy, and it doesn't even look like it. Like that, he doesn't realize he dissed himself there, because he's saying that he's got these wimpy little hands. Yeah, it's well, gotta be it. Well, it's kind of like if I was like the bar owner, I'd be like. Can you take? Can you do a Swayze and take this outside? Because you're destroying my bar yeah. just to beat one man up. Maybe that's what brings the crowds in in a Memphis bar. It's like, oh shit, was there a fight here the other day? And also, they couldn't figure out what they wanted to do with the bars because it was like outside. It looked like a slumville or something. And then you go inside, and it's like nice. And you you don't have like meth addicts w- working as bartenders in the middle of the day. I don't. They don't have bartenders in the middle of the day at a shit little dive bar. There was no so, neon. I was I was missing the sort of roadhouse neon in some of these yeah, bars. Though. Yeah, you got to go to Nashville for you neon. Go the double deuce for that, or the double deuce. Yeah, Mem- <laughs> uh, Missouri, Jasper, Missouri, the big leagues, the Jasper, big Missouri. <laughs> That'll be one of the next Steven Cigar ones. It's got to be one where he's like, "I'm gonna go fight me an 80 year old town villain." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> slap the teeth out of his mouth so he can Makes pick sense. him up, and put him back in. Well, this is definitely, I mean, as we get into, you know, the, the scenes of this movie, there's going to be too much to talk about, so we might as well get this started. All right, let's go to this trailer. Kill Switch, engage! What we do have is a series of gruesome murders committed with brute force. Society count as of today is five. He will kill again right quick. And that's the truth. That animal should be put to death. We can make this over right now. Put the knife down or I put you down. I ain't finished yet. All right, we're opening this movie with the birthday flashback. Yeah, it's got to be like the 70s, 60s. I mean, the the sweaters and everything they were in had the big tails or whatever they're called. Lapels. The collars. Lapels, yeah. yeah so lapels. That, that's where you how you place it. So we see a young uh, Jacob King. That is the character name of Sensei Seagal for this movie. We were joking. He didn't even give himself the cool name in this movie. Jake King is kind of lame for him. Yeah, he actually gave his partner the 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 badass name Storm Anderson. Yeah, Which, Jay King sounds a bit like Joe King, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. Oh wow, I it's close. He's taking a piss at the wow. audience. Ah, uh, you paid for this. You clever UKers. I mean, <laughs> we right. didn't notice that. Our American dull brains. <laughs> So it's a it's a birthday party for uh, Jacob and his twin brother Daniel. Did not realize they Griff were thought were friends. He didn't even realize these identical looking people were brothers. I had no idea what was happening here. Uh, can we talk about any? I mean, step in, step in, Stuart, because oh, really? you you have had experience uh, making like short films and whatnot. What do you think about the look of this film? The editing. What what's what's going on with this? Well, with the editing for the whole film is a different thing, but the editing for the birthday thing, I think it's fine. It makes it, you kind of think you're going to get this gritty, realistic thriller. So, you know, that kind of doesn't happen. But I like the editing for the, the flashbacks and stuff. That was pretty cool. Overall, the editing for the film, I, I probably will be talking about quite a few times throughout this 90-minute uh, well, runtime for this movie. We definitely need your expertise because we just think Sensei Seagal is a genius. And if we have anything to, because I mean, we got it. We got to 
have some uh, what's it called second opinion on it or anything expert opinion on it. Right. Well, if you think that Seagal is an expert uh, filmmaker and editor, then as the wonderful Wise Dalton said, mm, opinions vary. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, he put out a lot of movies, and quantity over quality is my motto. Oh yeah, that's a very Golden Globus way of looking at things. exactly. Yeah. So they're playing hide and seek as twelve-year-old boys would want to do. Yes. And all uh, I did as twelve-year-old was play hide and seek. Yeah, it's a very cool game yeah so jacob our hero he is it he's gonna be seeking he's a seeker yeah so everyone runs off his brother runs out in the woods because they're in this wooded area and then it just ends right they don't really we... yeah we're getting chopped up and that's what i think you were trying to get Stuart's opinion on because his we're... brother yeah yeah oh <laughs> See what he did there. He's too clever for You're us. You're going to be wearing the Velcro out. Is he it? might is wear it... the Velcro out. <laughs> right. So here's the thing. So so just to sort of jump in a bit. So he's his brother is getting murdered by a serial killer. Right. Nobody else sees the serial killer. The thing that we, the audience, are watching is Steven Seagal remembering somebody killing his brother. I think he whacked his own brother. Thank for the you. Birthday, for the birthday cake. But that's that's what I think. I thought some weird shit like that was going to be happening too. And we're not. I getting... thought somehow this was going to play into the movie, but it doesn't at all. Yeah, exactly. All we see is that it takes a kid on the spectrum further down on the spectrum because he's basically an audible for I, most of yeah, the movie. Yeah, I think he's trying. What he's tr- trying, inarticulately trying to say is this is his motivation through the rest of his life. Like he he never got the guy who killed his brother, so he, that's why he's so consumed with capturing serial killers i think what we learned here guys we said it before this is the deepest steven seagal movie that's ever been the metaphors the symbolism that's happening here incredible astrology i mean all the all the tinder uh ladies are into that kind of thing astrology yeah not even tinder ladies just younger ladies science it's a science yeah and we see him working with astrology i mean you and i have the same birthday and we're identical yeah, because exactly. we have the same birthday. Exactly, so we have the same mannerisms yeah. and everything. It's yeah, crazy. So it, it tracks. But here's what I'm thinking is happening: he was going to be a serial killer himself. They play with that idea until he saw something happen to his brother, and then he became a he. He got Dextered. So when it happens to a, it's one of those things where it happens to a stranger, it doesn't really matter. But when it hits you personally, then yeah. you're like, serial killing is bad. Yeah, exactly. So. As we see throughout this movie, he is a psychopath, but because of uh, this uh, birthday setup here, he becomes a psychopath for good, a la Dexter, which was probably out at this time. So I think he was trying to jump on that bandwagon. No, not the sensei to jump on a bandwagon. No, sensei would never. He do originates. That. He would. He, break would, the he would get. Yeah, he would break the bandwagon. He would get his double <laughs> or triple to go on the bandwagon, and then they would film him from the neck up on the bandwagon. <laughs> So then we come out of this flashback and we just see Seagal, like a constipated look on his face. Like, yep. We got a prostitute laid out on the ground with like the micro skirt. Yeah, and we can tell she, that's how we that. know she's a prostitute. She's wearing thigh high stockings and a short skirt. But we got a man here testing with uh, some android robotic type features. He tries to connect a bomb to her heart. Stuart, what is your take on this Bombs. woman's bomb heart? Yeah. I, I t- do you know, I will give this film two props. One is the multiple serial killers, which I can't think of any other film that's had multiple serial killers in yep. it that aren't working as a team. I'm giving it props for that. And I thought this bomb idea was quite clever. 
There's only like one it. other time when I have seen something similar, and it was an old Pierce Brosnan film called Live Wire, where people put explosives in water and then they blew up. That's a film oh. worth seeking out. But I, I like the bomb idea. Thought it was I clever. Thought it was... Yeah. If you pay attention to the countdown clock, though, I will have <laughs> problems with something that does happen in a minute. But we'll we will get onto that. I don't want to jump the gun. Sorry to say the word jump, Stephen. I know you haven't been able to since the early nineties. <laughs> so. So I, I I agree with you. I think the idea was it was attached to the heart, very not anywhere near the heart. It was on yeah. the chest, but yeah, it was yeah. like closer to like your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And this was this is like a Saw kill scene or something, you know? Yeah. Cool. Maybe this is when did Saw come out? Did this inspire Saw? Saw came out before this. They, okay. They're probably on their sixth Saw movie <laughs> okay. at this point. <laughs> so there's probably yeah, there probably is some Saw influences in this movie. Yeah. And he he uh, waddles up because his buddy Storm is there. <laughs> the stunt double waddles up. <laughs> He's yes. a stunt double to walk. He's like, I know that. That's Billy Joe, baby. I bet he's watching right now. He turns to his left, and there's like a four-story apartment building right there. Right. And yep. there's just like one apartment without the lights on. <laughs> and he's like, he's right up there. That's it, baby. I got to get up those stairs, baby. You know what that means. Uh, Where's my stunt double? <laughs> now, let, now, let's pay attention to the fact that the countdown clock was on three minutes. Okay. okay. Right. And Stephen <laughs> has now got to get up to the fourth floor. Well, his, we, we his then, double has to carry him to the fourth. We we then see the shot inside the apartment where this craziest Billy Joe, I think he's that one. I don't know which one's which. I think he is. It's I think Billy, it's Billy, Billy Joe, baby, where yeah. he is looking out the window with his binoculars. And through the glass, we see the biggest silhouette ever since like that big spaceship in Independence Day goes over <laughs> London or whatever. And it's Mr. Sensei Seagal walking outside the door, right? If there's any, I think we need like a Sheldon Cooper here to work out how the hell Steven Seagal got up four flights in less than three minutes. It's that, impossible. This is why we do this show. Was there that an elevator? I don't know. Maybe to be fair, I'd probably struggle because he doesn't run, clearly. No. But he doesn't run up the stairs. I don't know. And there's no elevator that would hold that amount of people. He's like um, uh, Michael Myers. There we go. Yes. He might be a serial killer, like we're saying. Well, like I said, he was a serial killer. That was his. So he has, he has serial killer abilities, yes. but he uses them for good. 100%. Okay. Yeah. I, I 100% believe that's. That is what's happening here. Or maybe there are two Steven Seagals, and one is already up there on the fourth floor helping out his buddy, and the maybe, other one just moves you, out. You know, you never are know. You, are you saying they faked his brother's death in the beginning, and there really always were two Steven Seagals in this movie? Oh my god! Yeah, maybe that was a false memory. Maybe he was throwing us off. He Nelson Mandela himself. <laughs> he did, or he created that because we do know he's fucking crazy in this movie. So. So many again, deepest Steven Seagal movie. Maybe his it's, there are two Seagals, but one is projection of his mind that is his brother. Oh. He feels so much guilt over his brother being dead. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. Well, we do see his throat get slashed. Uh, I guess you do could... we? That's Steven Seagal's memory. <laughs> That's oh, Steven right. Seagal's memory, exactly. That's we don't yeah. know whether that happened or not. Wow. Yeah. Maybe there's two serial killers because there's two Steven Seagals. Exactly. God damn it. You're right. This is the deepest <laughs> skull. This might be the deepest movie we've ever done. I know we're all, as soon as we get done with this episode, are going to go back and watch this and write up a no, bunch of No, no, we're, no, we're not. No, we <laughs> are. I'm already, I'm, 
I'm putting the cork board up right now. I'm getting the red string out. So, like you said, he's the Independence Day fucking alien ship uh, just hovering over London, completely shadowing out the city. He walks into the room. Of course, it's super silent, even though these this mammoth man who just went up the stairs, Stephen Skull cannot sweat anymore. <laughs> in in a leather way. jacket. And we all know what it's like when you even move your ass on a leather couch, it squeaks. But for some yeah. reason, Stephen Seagal can ninja up four stairs and nobody hears him squeaking like the biggest couch ever. Right. He would be huffing. He would be puffing. He would I be would. squeaking. Yeah. I'd be huffing and puffing. I can't make it up four flights of stairs in three minutes. So loads to go. Uh, but again, like we said, he's got Michael Myers effect, Jason Voorhees. He can just teleport places. Right. And so he's up there. Hey, dear baby. <laughs> Seen any good kills tonight? <laughs> hey, dear baby. <laughs> you know I'm great at accents. You're almost as good as Sensei. That's right. So, yeah, he drops a one-liner. And then he just... His, well, his stunt double just pummels the shit out of this guy. Yeah. Everything that can break is broken in this room. He gives him one chance. You're going to tell me which wire to cut. And before... Yeah, because he narrowed it down to the black or the yellow. Yeah. And before the guy even gets a chance to lie to him, he just starts taking him <laughs> and throwing him into plaster. He's denting it. He's cutting it up. He's breaking over mirrors. He's going through glass tables. Yeah, there's glass tables everywhere. Eight minutes movie. of this shit. Yeah. And then yeah, finally, bear, bear, bear in mind that the countdown clock is probably two minutes and something now. Right. <laughs> so so we don't we're, know. In, we're in Seagal fighting time. It's like, it's like the Matrix. It is like the Matrix. Yeah. And then they're doing that fun editing thing where they're splicing it up. So it's like, wait, is this now or then or what? It's hard yeah, to is, tell. Hey, Stuart, is there like a word for the editing process where they, they like, yeah. it's like a stuttering effect? Shit. That's what it is. Okay. Shit. That's what it is. Do you know, I, I threw out three DVD players thinking, do you know what? I think my DVD player's broken. I uh, got rid of another one, went out, bought another one, came back. Oh, my God, this one's just the same. Threw that in the bin. Three DVD players until I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the film. You know, it's, it's known as shit editing. Okay. Good. Um, I, I do not know why they chose that style of editing. I really don't. I, I, I think it. it's, it's supposed to be unnerving. That's what they think it's it doing, is. you know? Yeah. Well, it's like, I already hate how action scenes are filmed nowadays because they always do quick cuts of everything right. from different angles. Which and, this does plenty and of. And this does plenty of, of. And then they do this thing where they like revert time, go forward in time. They stagger it all over the place. It's yeah. fucking so annoying. It's like they're taking the worst editing processes of action and horror and then combining them into this scene. All right, so he's got him down on the ground, and, you know, you got fucking Steven Skull just bearing down over him, so that's a pretty daunting situation to be in, and he's trying to get him to fess up, yellow or yellow or black, yellow or black, and he, he finally is just like, okay, it's the yellow or black, whatever. This is black. Black, okay. Then Sensei gets on the old radio, cut the yellow out, baby. Because he knows this guy's going to lie. He's a piece of shit serial killer. So we go back downstairs. We still we see that there's still two minutes remaining on the bomb. Right. See, All this, this scene took place in one minute. One minute. And they cut it. And, we get, of course, it goes right down to one second. Somehow. That's where the time jump is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so near save and everything, he's like, you lied to me, baby. <laughs> 
And then, I can't say baby in that accent, apparently. Uh, and so then he pulls the guy up and starts beating the shit out of him some more. I thought he just threw him straight out the window. He kicks that. him so hard in the chest that the guy turns around and then jumps himself out the window. And we get 20 angles. I mean, uh, uh, Cannon were famous for getting the three angles, yeah. you know, of a shot. Yep. 20 angles for this. We see this guy fall 20 times. Yeah. Cameras are cheaper now. Digital film. Yeah. Digital film. <laughs> It's, it's like, what what happened? Again, I threw out another four DVD players thinking, oh, my God, this is still not working. Oh, man, I wish. Skipping. You think, yeah. you think, Stuart, you'd check the DVD first. Yeah. Not the player. But... He's been around <laughs> DVDs know? for a long time, Murray. He knows what he's doing. Okay. Yep. Do you know what's even funnier, though? If you actually, because I've got the film on playing silently as we go through this. There's two yellow wires on that, Bob. Yeah. I thought I saw that too. So it's like, well, which, which yellow wires? He just cuts the yellow wire. Whoa, that was that was fine. There's, there, there's more than one. Somehow they figured out it was between two, but they couldn't figure out which two. Yeah. I, so, I wish yeah. Stewart had some of these lines in front of him to do some good reads here. But Stagall, of course, is a man of 90s, 80s action movies. So this guy's fallen out of a four-story window on the concrete. After getting his what, ass 12 beat. times. 12 times, oh my God. That shit's got to yeah. hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I counted it. I'm not counting this up. After getting his ass beat for maybe 10 seconds, maybe three whole minutes, maybe they went to the trash lodge and fought there for a while, but time skips, yeah. They were astral projecting, yeah. But we got to have some awful one-liners in here. And Steven Seagal, being such a big, you know, tough man, he's going to radio down, and he's got some shit to say. Oh, hell no, Storm. I think I dropped something. And then you see the guy, like, coughing up blood and shit. Yeah, convulsing as you would after falling out of a right. four-story window. After I getting think your... he got the hiccups, baby. Damn, Ooh. I got glass in my new hair, <laughs> baby. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Somebody got glass in my Count Chocula wig, baby. <laughs> All right, All so right. we're finally going back to the office. You know what? I was upset. I don't think I saw one prostitute being hauled in in any of these scenes. Yeah, they didn't pay much for extras in this movie. And you know, they're filming this probably somewhere in Russia where there's tons of prostitutes. Right. So I don't know what. Right. This. this probably was filmed in Russia. So we're going back to the office. Jacob, uh, he has been working this other case. We're, thought, yeah. we're thinking he's working the Billy Joe case. No. He's working this other serial killer the case. Grifter case. Yes, the Grifter. And we can tell that uh, uh, Sensei probably watched a documentary on serial kills, half of a documentary Zodiac before. So he has to like put. So this is like the Zodiac killer. You're right. Like yeah. this this cryptograph that he has, and he's he's working on it. He's doing what's called the Hangman method, where he plays a game of Hangman with it. So we see first thing we see is a close up, but he's he, he does a, a, a circle and puts an unhappy face on it, and he's like. Damn, I lost again, baby. That's you know, right. but he's gonna keep working on it. Yeah, know? he's giving himself like wristwatch and everything. He's trying to add so many uh, different accessories to his hangman so he can still win because Steven Seagal does not lose. Right. He's doing a thing where the the, the answer is two words. He's like, "Damn, what's the name of my next film, baby? Kill, <laughs> kill for this? No, kill for that? Crazy justice? Oh, goddamn, no! Stretchy, right. stretchy waistband. That's the name of my next movie, baby." This, this is probably how Sensei does come up with the titles for his movie. 
movies. He just yeah. has a serial killer send him some fucking code. That's right. He's he is like... the serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> he sends himself. His brother, twin brother, sends himself the code. This is the reason why he's able to solve it because he probably is the grifter. He's probably the one sending it to himself. Exactly. That's the what grifter I'm is just some loser who just kills prostitutes. Right. Has nothing to do with it. I was just told a story about this person in a personal life who was married to another person, and they they were so uh, they had person multiple personality disorder, and they were doing that. They were writing themselves letters. Like, he fabricated a whole story about himself being in uh, the military, and he said that his friend died, and the friend never existed, but wrote him letters to tell him how great of a man he was. So, yeah. So, this is why we need super cops like Jacob King, because the wheels of justice fucking riding to a halt right so a storm comes in it's like get this shit bj is already gonna get off it just happened like like an hour ago as far as we know this like based on the timelines we're working with here he got up the stairs he beat the guy's ass he threw him out a window all in under a minute so we're maybe like an hour later at this point yeah he's already back they're doing the paperwork yep already back hard at work well steven skull's not because he's working on his double is yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) It would be great if there was a shot where it's just, his stunt doubles are in there also working cases. <laughs> Why not? Uh, so he's going, yeah. Storm comes in. Hey, did you crack that cypher yet? Not yet, baby. I get, I'm getting there. Getting there. I'm so close. He's got the Count Chocula box there and everything. He's, it's the same puzzle on the back of it. That's how you know Steven did it himself. And so we're, he's letting us know that, like, yeah, he's he's already he's already got bail. He's he's gonna be out on the streets again. He will kill right quick, baby. We gotta do something about that. So we're gonna follow Jacob home now. Again, yeah, time doesn't matter in this movie. Right. So he just is there, and he walks in, and there's a lovely lady in his house, half his age. Yep, half his age. Yep, half his uh, under quarter his yep. weight. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And we, we, we discussed this for about 15 minutes pre-recording. Uh, she is wearing either some kind of silk, you know, robe. Like a, like a short robe, yeah. Short robe. Or is it a Steven Seagal shirt? Because they wear the same fashion. Right. And it is very, it is kind of pillowy. Yep. We know that's what our, our sensei likes to wear. Exactly. Sleeves everywhere. Fucking just, yeah. Uh, I, so I, she, I think, though, if it was a Steven Seagal shirt, it would be around her feet. It, that's true. It and would I, look like she'd look like something out of Return of the Jedi or something, like, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. There probably would be some kind of like kanji or you know uh, Japanese uh, <laughs> symbols and everything, or a dragon or something on it. If it yeah. were senseis, so that's why she's not going to get laid tonight. That's all I can tell you. Right. She's always carrying a glass of wine. Always. So she let herself in. That's the kind of relationship they have here. Yeah. So it's we like, don't know what their relationship exactly. is. Exactly. Like, is this his daughter? Or what who is this? It could be his daughter. Yeah. For fuck's sake. <laughs> who knows? Sexually. In... It's a golf movie that would make sense. His daughter would be dressing sexually, drinking wine, and yeah. greeting him. Exactly. If you actually, if you actually do a Google search on Steven Seagal, then you never know. That could be that guy's got some serious allegations going way, way back. Ooh, I bet wow, he does, he does indeed. All he was trying all to I do. All I know is that girl does not have breast cancer. Exactly. I, I was just going to say, all he's trying to do is make sure these women don't have breast cancer. That's right. all he yeah. was trying to do. 
bless him. So, so he lives for his work. He, as soon as he gets home, he goes to his office where he's got the, got the cork board with all the pictures and the red strings everywhere. He tried to do a mechanic thing. It didn't yeah. work at all. Yeah. Because it's Seagal after all. Right. So he's trying to get right back to his work, and she's trying to give him the shit because she's like, I want you to fuck me tonight. No, baby, you drink too much. Well, you work too much. There is a lot of shaming about people drinking in this movie. He constantly is steering people down who are drinking in front of him. Right. Constantly. In a, in a disgusted manner. Yeah. We see him go to multiple bars where he never gets anything more. He's like a cooler, after all, than black coffee. That's all he would ever get. Or maybe some uh, green tea or matcha tea, even. And she's just like, what's up, baby? Because, like you said, everyone in the South says baby after yep. a sentence. Like, is this a grifter case? And he's like, oh, baby, I'm just working. I almost got that. Get code figured out, baby. I, okay, at first I thought she was just some random rube. Turns yeah. out she is a cop. <laughs> she yeah, has I, I didn't realize until I watched it the second time. I'm like, oh, that's who that is. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's crazy because a little like uh, a scene or two later, we're gonna find out that she actually works these homicide scenes. Yeah, he is explaining to her, patting her on the head. Well, there's some people out there who are horrible murderers and set up really graphic, violent scenes because he's got all the graphic, violent scenes on the wall and everything. And so I'm like, okay, so she's just like some uh, college or even a high school girl. <laughs> that he's mentoring. That he's mentoring. Yeah. And uh, we're no, going to... Yeah. <laughs> not only has she been to these crime scenes, she's working these fucking crime scenes, and he still patted her on the head. I Crazy. So she goes in for the kiss... He turns his head away. She, she, she takes a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. He's like, baby, I got work to do. I got work it's to do. It's a killer on the street, baby. I ain't got time for you. Yeah. He's so, such an idiot, isn't he? He, he, he really <laughs> is. Or a moron. And then as she walks out, sexually frustrated, he picks up the picture of his brother and him. And we get a flashback to that birthday party again. Oh, my God. And this time we see a very creepy guy in the woods carrying a knife. Yeah. And we're just like, oh shit! So it's it's character development. We're just getting it. Yeah, that's right. All right, so we're cutting to rainy night. Memphis always rains at night in yeah, Memphis, much like L.A. Much like L.A. Yep, alleys, zargthas everywhere. Oh, zargthas everywhere in these alleys. Yeah, moist, moist alleys. So the prostitutes realize when when the rain comes, the zargthas play. They, right. They're going to be ditching the alleys. Yeah, she's having a bad night. She's not picking up any John. She breaks the heel on her fucking hooker boot. She's like, oh, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm yeah. going to go fucking get high. Yep. So she's walking down to Zarkta Alley, and she sees a ma- hears a baby cry. That's right. And there's, this is, another, this is the, the Ted Bundy move, where you, mm. you try to make yourself seem vulnerable to a woman so they'll help you. I don't think a fucking drug-addicted streetwalker is going to give a fuck about a baby. Nope. She well, the thing is, she, she says to him, she's like, do you need a hand? It's like, well, at what? Put the fucking baby in the car. I've already just done it. I've just put the baby in the car. There's nothing else. There's no wardrobe behind me or anything. What do I need a hand at? Unless she was trying to pick up a bit of business. Right. And he even you know, says. Even I, though there's a baby there. It's like, I can't figure weird. these things out. That's what he says about his child, apparently. Right. I, he does also compliment her for being a good Christian woman. And she does have a crucifix on. Oh, okay. She prostitutes for the Lord. 
And then he just, <laughs> he just pummels, he pummels her with a baby. He just beats the shit out it's of her with so a baby. It's so good because as she gets closer, you start to hear that there's, you know, obviously it's a fake baby. And the speaker could be a little starts cracking I think it's a real baby. Yeah. yeah. And this baby apparently was made of bricks. Maybe it's Steven Seagal's baby because he's a dense man. So maybe this baby's also very dense because uh, he pummels her with it. And she actually has appropriate bruising later. Do you notice that? That's continuity. I think they missed a trick, though. I think the prostitute, while she was being hit by this thing, should have been screaming, hey, baby, hey, baby, hey, baby. (laughs) Baby, please stop. Baby, please, baby, please. You're right. That's the one time they don't say baby, is when there's a baby in the scene. That would have been two on the nose. So now we're back to his... his, Killer pad, I don't know what you call it. Oh, yeah, the murder hole. Murder hole. Yeah. And she's already dead. She's already been, like, drained of her blood. Yep. We don't know. Completely pale and everything. And he's just doing the the cliche, every serial killer in a movie, lines, you know. Now, I I thought this guy, because now we're seeing both of our serial killers. We're thinking, oh, shit, this must be Billy Joe. We never got to see him, really. We know he's Or it gonna... must be somebody who's working with Billy Joe. What, or, why would they have two separate serial killers? Or even that, yeah. But it's like, we don't get to see this guy's face until just now. So we're like, okay, that might have been Billy Joe in the alley. We heard that he was going to get out. This movie works in fast, fast, fast fucking forward. So this could be Billy Joe. And now we're getting it revealed that, no, this is the other serial killer. Can I killer. just say that I was actually relieved that we had those long extended fight scenes because it's exhausting taking notes for a Seagal movie. Seagal packs, <laughs> he packs, packs the details. his movies with details and their details <laughs> four notes, four pages of notes for this 90 minute movie because Seagal movies are a fucking candy shop for us. Like there's right. so much. Right. There's just too I, much. I have five notes and it's uh, why am I watching this? <laughs> it's pretty much that's my notes. <laughs> you love it. Um, so yeah, he's working on this woman and he's talking to himself and we see it's the grifter. He's got this beautiful Memphis goatee, our handlebar mustache. Memphis goatee. That's actually what they call a uh, handlebar mustache in Memphis. It's a Fu Manchu is what he's got. Or it's a Fu Manchu? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's got Hulk Hogan stash. Yeah. And he's got the fucking bleach blonde hair like Hulk Hogan, too. Yeah, so he's like, I want to grow up and be like Ethan Hawke. That's my role model. Yep. <laughs> he's and yelling he, at the dead body and he's everything. He's doing the, the cliche serial killer babble. You know, I've seen the light. And, yeah. you know, These are Seagal-directed scenes, you can tell. Right. All right. Next AM, we get, we get to see an old favorite from Golden Globus Theater. Oh, man. Talking about putting on the pounds, Isaac. Putting on the pounds. How about taking off the pounds? He looked fucking gaunt as shit. You thought he looked fat? I thought he looked like just swollen. He looked. I don't know. He looked really gaunt. Oh, me? I thought he looked swollen. I mean, we we learned as we did our research that this movie killed Isaac Hayes. Oh boy, because he died right when the movie premiered. Isaac Hayes playing just a coroner. That's his character, coroner. Yeah. And there's actually a scene where he's like, "I'm a pathologist." He's like. Don't you be using those highfalutin words, baby. You're a coroner. You're a coroner. Lord have mercy. You're not, a, you're not anything. You're a coroner. Oh, right. You're like the, Tony Todd at the Final Destination movies, motherfucker. Aren't, aren't they the same thing? I mean, why is he like... Is he, yeah, pretty Too much. many syllables in that word, baby. Syllables. You are three-syllable word. <laughs> well, pathologist is three-syllables, too. Don't get semantics, baby. <laughs> 
So yeah, he's this. He's you can tell he's just this, this nonstop bodies coming into the Memphis morgue, and he's yep. just overworked, underpaid. He's he's seen it all. Yeah. And he's explaining, of course, the most recent kills. They're trying to figure out the message Grifter's trying to send them. And they got... This is a baby prostitute? Jessica the prostitute. Jessica, that was her name, yeah. And she's explaining, yeah, she died of blunt force. Blunt force trauma, which is uh, uh, a... Not a motive, but an an MO of the Grifter killer. That's why he kills. Except there's one time he doesn't, but they 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 just ignore ignore that one. But yeah, he's known for blunt force trauma. So they're right. like, ice, so, ice, of course. He's like, well, I'm just a patho- I mean, a coroner. I don't see. A I'm pattern. just a humble country coroner. God, Seagal at this point, yeah, he really. I mean, he's always identified as black, and you're really seeing it because he surrounds himself with black characters. So I mean, good for Steven Seagal. He's getting these guys some work, but man, he fucking. There, half of them are there to suck up to him, so it's also like... So the gears are turning in Jacob's head. He's like, it's almost like he's on a schedule, baby, because sometimes the killings come quick, sometimes they come slow. Like He, he, draw, he like draws it out. Yeah, it's like he's trying to kill them at the exact time, brother. And just as he's about to say, I solved it, Storm walks in. And he's like... Hey, I just found out this this hooker's name is Jessica. She used to work at this uh, the on the curb of this bar called Mojo Blues. He's mm, like, mm-hmm. That sounds like some bad mojo, baby. I've been there. I've done a couple of the riffs there live. You should have seen it. I was great. And just as he's about to leave to go, he's got to leave now to go to Mojo Blues. He's like, well, I, I don't know. He is a he he doesn't deserve the term of pathologist because he missed this clue. Uh, <laughs> There's like blood pouring out of the, the back of her ear. He's like, give me a swab, baby. Give me some swabs. And but he's, he's been busy, though, because his body's coming in and body's coming out. And, you know, Sensei Seagal keeps interrupting him during a work day and stuff. So I'm going to defend, I'm going to defend okay. Isaac. Okay. And he's like, give me some swabs. And he's like, rubbing it against that blood. And we see, of course, we know this is, it's an astrological, ast- astrological symbol for the full moon. Well, of course. But- you think they would be already looking for this kind of thing, though, because this is like the fifth or sixth kill of this guy. And he's always leaving these symbols. And except very... when he's not. I thought he always did. <laughs> yeah, well, that's he the leaves thing. them except when he doesn't. Yep. Yeah, because that's the thing. <laughs> he, he has a pattern except when he doesn't have except a pattern. Except when he doesn't. They're explaining. We, like, well, because he's just a cold country coroner. He can't put things together. But he's just like, I don't know what the motive is behind this. Yeah. He's, so on, he, he's on a schedule, baby, because these bodies are found on a day of the week. And they're all different days of the week. And they can come at any time of the month. Yeah, they, all, they all end with why, baby. <laughs> What's up with this? So here's what I love. Because Storm, the cool character name, he's only in this movie to take the heat off his partner. And so we just get a shot of him. He's returning to his desk. Captain wants him. Press is getting really loud. That's all Storm does is just take yeah. heat off. They of... want, yeah, they want results. The, I want results. That's what he just yells at fucking Storm. You're right. Yeah. So you need to get this guy doing it by the books, but also I need results. And we know the only way to get results because our hands are tied is to do it not by the books. Yeah, it's outside like, the law. Yeah. yeah. Having your cake and eating it too. So our hero Jacob heads to Mojo Blues to the bar. Immediately with the riffs. <laughs> right. Well, first we're thinking, oh, this must be an opportunity for him to play. No, he lets another guy play. Yep. But 
<laughs> great scene. Uh, it's okay. It is maybe 1 p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah. Bar has maybe four patrons in it. They've got it fully staffed, though. You know, they've got... It's like when you go to... They have you, inter- live entertainment. They even have live <laughs> entertainment there. And, I mean, they were playing a loose set and everything. They weren't very tight. Yeah. But for four people... Yeah. And we, well, and just for one, the audience of one, it's just Sensei's watching. Game recognizing game. That's why he was riffing yeah. so and hard. And we get this beautiful scene where he nods his head and gives approval to this, like... That's how you play the blues, baby. Mm-hmm. And we needed somebody there to acknowledge him acknowledging the blues player. So our we zoom out on this and we see that the bartender's waiting for, you know, the waitress is waiting to take his order. Right. And he wants to talk to her. And she's like she's she's like, Oh, you you he's like, I got some questions about this case, baby. And she's like, I don't know anything about Jessica. How'd you know her name, baby? Ah. Oh. I bet you're that hot shot cop I've been seeing on the TV. She's like, I watch the news. <laughs> and he's just like, hey, here's a, here's a $100 bill, baby. Can you tell me uh, who's, that, who's that guy over there at the bar? It wasn't about the guy at the bar. She just asked him, was Jessica a prostitute? Well, they knew that. <laughs> and so she's like, yeah, she was. Do you know about her pimp? Did the pimp ever come around here? Yeah, he did. You really are a good cop. Wow, no one came and asked me these questions. You're so good at your job. Yeah, see that guy over there? Those two guys? The only two fucking patrons besides you? That's her pimp. The tall one. The tall the one, one. Staring at you for the past five minutes while you're talking to me. <laughs> and then he goes, Let me ask you one more question, baby. Did you ever have sex with Leon? <laughs> He's like, and, you know, It ain't what you think, baby. I just need to know that. What? Stuart, theories? Did, did, did the guy's theory you read into explain why he had to ask this question? And then he even tries to tell us, it's not the reason you think. What fucking reason is it? Theories. Wow. The, uh, no, I have no theories on this. <laughs> None. I, I'm just so confused on why he had asked yeah. this question. But, but it worked. She lets her guard down. She's like, yeah, he ain't smart, but he all right in that department. And this is where Leon comes over with his... Did he have a braided mullet? He had a braided mullet. Yeah, black guy with a braided mullet. Black guy with a braided mullet. It was great. And they're like, why don't you get the fuck out of here, pig? And he's like, oh, no. You got any backup out front? Oh, I don't need no backup, baby. I got all the blues I need right here. I'm going to give you a case of the blues, baby. Ooh. And then we just get a 10-minute slap fight. Nine minutes of it, just his... (sighs) Fucking stunt double straight out of 60s Star Trek with the fucking awful wig. Yeah. Like any shot where it's like from the back, it's always his stunt double. And right. It's obvious. Well, Seagal has an incredibly stiff, bolted on hair. Right. You know, it does not move. The Dracula wig, yeah. <laughs> and then his stunt double has a very uh, wishy washy wig. It, so the hair is swishing all over the place. Like, why didn't you guys like glue the wig on or something? Like glue it together, mat it up, anything. So you get. St- is you get a million cuts. Some are just Seagal slap flailing his hands at the camera. And then you get scenes of people connecting with his stunt double. And it's think just, with and some, do you think with some of the Seagal fights, though, the ones when he's, he's slapping at the camera, they just throw a wasp on the film set and go, oh, Steven, you're allergic. And he's like, <laughs> just trying to get that wasp out of the building. That's but probably I'm, what happened, yeah. But I'm watching that fight scene 
and it's like the, the guy goes through the table, the same table, yep. three three times. Yep. Goes through the same table. I want a table like that. Tables I have, if I break it, it's dead. Yeah. Like the DVD players, they're all dead. <laughs> just use the, just throw people through the DVD players or bonk them with the DVD players. And also with the Seagal fight, I mean, I'm I'm not a tough guy. I don't know whether you, you two are probably very, very tough, but if I'd have got at least... T- 2% of the punches that these people got, I would probably be laid up for six months. These guys are like, whoa, what was that? Let me just carry on and do some more. They'd be yeah. dead with, with any sort of well, connection yeah. punches. Never, there, nobody's selling anything. No, It's just no. never mind the punches. He's throwing, hurling people yeah. into furniture. It's just like He's Billy destroying Joe this fucking bar. They're like, can you... Th- Hey, do a Dalton. Take it outside. Yeah, exactly. Nobody says, can you please stop destroying our bar and everything? <laughs> Nothing. No, the waitress is getting wet. She's like totally into it. Well, yeah, She's of course she Be is. nice, baby. Be nice, baby, until it's time to not be nice, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's never time to not. It's never time to be nice with Sensei. Yeah, just, really. Just destroying this bar. And then and then he, then he fucking grabs the guy by his mullet, puts his teeth on the edge of the bar... I just I want to point out one thing before we get there. Okay. We our good friend Mike was here just a minute ago, and we showed him this scene, and he goes, "Oh, is this still during uh, Seagal's phase where he didn't want to be violent?" And I forgot (laughs) didn't want to kill. Didn't want to kill. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I totally forgot he had a phase where he didn't want to kill people." (laughs) Yeah. And here we have as we discussed in the Glimmerman episode. Yeah, exactly. And here we have him. He got over far worse. Like killing people would be a mercy for what he does to people. Yep. Yeah. Did he also not... did he also go through a phase where he didn't want to act? And is he still in it? And is he ever <laughs> yeah, going to come out? Hundred percent. He stuck to that one. He stuck to yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, he has to be the most brutally vicious, sadistic hero yeah. of all the ones we've covered. Like I said, he yeah. in the flashback is trying to tell us that he was supposed to be a straight up serial killer, but he got Dextered. Okay. He kills yeah. the bad guys now. He even yeah. says it in this movie. I killed the bad guys, baby. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, he's just pummeling the shit out of all these guys. He's going to pick up Leon. Put his teeth on. He's, he's going to do a bar stomp, not a curb stomp. Yep. Put his teeth on. Bite that fucking edge of that, that, that uh, bar, baby. Fucking brutal. Yeah, guy's already blood pouring out of his mouth. Yeah. The sound the sound guy did a great job of this too because it really did make me wince when he was hitting him and like the teeth sound effect they did. It was it was brutal. And uh, what is the questions he's even asking? Did he Did you pimp that lady out? <laughs> like I don't think he really got yeah. anything from that. Do you do no, you remember one... him getting anything I, from this? A simple no I didn't would be the the way to get around that, wouldn't it? Did you pimp what? that lady out? No. That's the question. That's it. You know, after end up in like a massacre. Why is Leon enduring all this punishment just to say, Yeah, I, I pimped out this woman? Why wouldn't he just admit it? Right. Who is who is he holding out for? Right. I None of this because he's sense. not working with. As far as we know, he's not working with any of the serial killers. So why wouldn't he just give up everything? We just needed a scene of Seagal beating somebody. He probably had it in his head that he wanted to bar stomp somebody, and he's yeah. like, "I got to put that in there somehow." <laughs> he could have done it any other way and got it in with the movie, but no, yeah. this is the approach he took to it. <laughs> right. Uh. So now that you know the guy has done the offensive thing of challenging Sensei Seagal, <laughs> getting his ass handed to him, he's like, "Yeah, you're going to prison. You're gonna get butt raped. Everything bad." 
Uh, For what? We don't know. I guess. Yeah, he's like, you're under arrest. And it's like all he – I mean, I guess he did throw a punch right. at a you're cop. You're right because he, he, started... then he, he throws out a line, I'm going to take you downtown, and then we're going to get some some answers. Like, yeah. He was like, he just, he's just warming the guy up. Yeah, like Seagal does this twice now in this movie where it's never, hey, I'm going to take you down and ask you some questions. It's you're under arrest. I'm going to give you some questions downtown. It's like, no, that's not how that works. Didn't just, even read. He didn't. He noticed he didn't read his Miranda rights either. He no. didn't read them in the first scene either. Right. That's how they're getting off all the time. Like, well, he, no, for, the first guy who was watching the woman with a bomb strapped in it. It's like, well, yeah. what? What could you charge him with? Looking out a window with binoculars. <laughs> that's right. That's it. That's the only thing no, he done. No, he incri- <laughs> he incriminated himself because he knew what wire to cut, but he didn't know what wire to cut. No, yeah, I, yeah, I would be like, true. well, why did you say which wire? I'd be like, well, because this big, you know, hefty guy managed to squeeze himself through my doorway, <laughs> and he just started beating me up. So I thought, you know what? Pick a wire. Right. He's broke my door frame. <laughs> Yeah. So that's the thing. He doesn't know he's the problem. Uh, okay. Supposedly, Billy Joe did break and enter into that apartment and kill an old lady that they do, <laughs> do not show. Right, because the furniture, the decor didn't match his aesthetic. That's right. what he pointed that Which out. Which is yeah. Ed Hardy trash wear or something. <laughs> yeah. Like he's got those button-up shirts with all the yeah. shit the sewn on. Bowling onto shirt, it. yeah. Ugh. Oh yeah. God, it was so bad. <laughs> so I did want to see Billy. Billy Joe sucks. Grifter at least is. <laughs> Whatever. The guy looked creepy and everything. But Billy Joe just sucks. He's just a little hellbilly trash. That's right. Role. So, yeah. So, we get the sickening thing where his teeth get ripped out. Like, they're stuck in the bar and he yanks them yeah. off. Hey, and then, man, you broke my Somehow, he's like a shark and he grows his teeth back. Because the next scene, his teeth are teeth fine. Teeth are fine. Yeah. Blood's cleaned up. Right. Sparkling white smile. Because Leon, as Jacob leaves, Did cops Leon, show up? Because, cops show okay, up. Because he's going to leave they're, that for the cops. They're on their way. Okay. He's doing... So, he's going to say, honest system, baby. Don't leave this bar. Because he just walks out. Just walks out. You don't need to fucking stick around for that shit. No. And he leave. walks out with the, the waitress, I think. The waitress comes out after him for some reason. She's like, up hey, in she the wants alley. to fuck him. And she's like, hey, there's a, there's a dumpster right back there. She does go into the alley. I think she was having a cigarette. It was her break after oh, all. Yeah. Probably quitting she, her job if she's got any sense. She's like, screw this. I'm out. She might be out of a job because you destroyed the bar. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> exactly. But she's got that $100 bill. Maybe she was trying to go spend it. Well, maybe she's like, maybe she wants to earn it. She's right by a dumpster. How do we have so many questions about this bartender? Because <laughs> that's the genius of Seagal. Yeah, complex writing. Complex writing. That's I know you're is. taking notes on this, Stuart. You're thinking oh, about yeah. your next movie, and you're just like, look how layered this movie is. So, hey, guys, we've, had, yep. we've just had 10-minute boring fight scene. We need a 10-minute boring shootout scene. I, I could talk all day about how Steven Seagal... I want to get Jack on for an episode and have him talk about Steven Seagal's gun uh, pr- you know, technique. Yeah, the, the Dungeon and Dragon clip that never empties. He's got a gun that has 50 bullets in the clip. You can't talk he about does, He does reload. He does reload. They're licensing yep. that shit, so it's bad. He, oh. he does, however, fire 78 bullets. Yes, I counted them. Before he hit someone. Right, so I, stopped, a... I stopped counting once he clipped the guy. I'm like, right, I'll stop counting. 78 <laughs> bullets. 78. Well, if you notice, he always flinches every time he pulls the fucking he flin- He's constantly flinching. He's yeah. constantly blinking in this movie. Like, that's but that's how because you... he's got the gun above his head when he shoots it. He's wearing it yeah. like a headlamp. He literally, he has like the limpest wrist. And this is a guy who likes to go to Russia and teach them about how to use military arms and everything. Like he's, he thinks he's a badass, but when he holds the gun, he's like limp wristing it. He's just letting yeah. it kind of go all out there. It's so and he's probably why he's not hitting anything. Yeah. He, he has always done that. If you go back to his first films, that's the way he always holds yes. the gun. It's sort of high up. 
yeah. point in time. He gets points, though, for not shooting it sideways, though. I'll give him that. Maybe an exit <laughs> yeah, he boost. Yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still in his black phase, but he did go through the rapper phase, too. <laughs> right. So, yeah, they're just randomly shooting, like, out in the public. This know? is how we got the movie to 90 minutes, too. Yeah. Eight minutes of quick cut action scenes, yeah. stunt doubles. Now this. Scene we'll point out shooting. that Leon made a call to his boys, and that's yes. who he's shooting. Yes. With. Yeah. So we're waiting for the cops to come back him up, and Leon's backup's already here because they live in the apartment above the bar or something. Right. So yeah, this is a longest boring gunfight. He shoots Leon in the back as he's running away. We don't that's even know what this. That's cops do. It's not nice. Yeah, exactly. Well, well American cops. Yeah. That's black it. man. Yeah. 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 He was a black man. Yeah. That's yep. true. Uh, so, so is Steven. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's perfect. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's a clean kill. Yeah. Well, we he, don't know if he's dead. I think he's like, take him in to get questioned, baby. Yeah, that's right. And so and, and we never see Leon again. He There's no reason his character. There was no reason. It was just a reason to beat a man up. Right. And shoot him. And I guess we needed to know that Grifter lives nearby because we have a scene of him walking by and bartender, pretty blonde lady. Was this the reason we had this scene? Yes. So he we notices her. Connect- and he notices there's a connection between her he, he, between her and Sensei. Here's the other thing we got to talk about. If you're a woman and you get close to Sensei Seagal in this movie, be fucking careful. You're not going to get sex and you'll yeah. probably die. Yeah, if you're well, a, if you're a woman and you get close to Steven Seagal, be fucking careful. Right, <laughs> it's, it's also something to remember. Well, at least you won't have uh, breast ab- cancer. Think about it. All, with all the allegations against Steven Seagal, maybe he wrote this into this character. He oh. is danger. Yep. Stay away from me. No, he's. You're right. He is writing, saying he has no interest in women. They come on to him. Right. Oh, you're right. They're asking for it. He's gonna bring this to court as evidence. Be like, look. This is the most accurate portrayal of me as a human being. I don't want these women. I'm Zen. I, I don't even have to touch I've my penis. I've transcended the carnal desires. Exactly. You know. The fleshy desires do not do not uh, burden me. Have you heard of pussy fog? I do not suffer. <laughs> right, does not. He's too Zen for that shit. <laughs> have you guys have you guys read the official trivia on the IMDb page for Kill Switch. No. There's like three right. things. Yeah, the, the, please. The second thing, right, this is the official trivia for the movie, right? All of the females in this film were repulsed by Seagal, but his southern accent was so good, he ended up charming them by the end of filming. That is official trivia on the IMDb page for go. this movie. Oh my good God, Lord if, have mercy. If you can't trust IMDb <laughs> trivia, you can't trust anything. Right, so. exactly. That's yeah. the place I go for news these days. <laughs> like, I'm yep. figuring out what's going on in the world by IMDb <laughs> trivia. That's it. All right, what's, what's Storm up to? Well, he's meeting a new character. Uh, Captain Jensen. Captain Jensen, who's like, who's introducing him to another character who's going to get dunked on all throughout this movie. Captain Jensen, by the way, not not stiff at all. Very loose. Looks like he's been up for the last 84 hours. Looks like he's been raving. 50-year-old man who's been at a rave. He's got floppy hair. His eyes are bloodshot. He was at that club. He, at, yeah. In the next he's scene. barely yeah. wearing a uh, dress shirt and tie. It's just loose as fuck. And he's like, oh, the press is on my ass. Always on the captain's ass. I mean, this is Steven Seagal writes the same movie or stars in the same movie every time, so this is appropriate. So we we introduced to FBI agent Frankie Miller, who is a serial killer profiler. She's brought in on this case. You know, you think you'd want all the you think FBI would give you a lot of uh, like 
things that cops cops don't have. You know, right. like I don't even I don't. I don't Again, th- these are supposed out. to be industries that work together. Right. You know, they ha- they have access to things that the local police don't have access right. to. And it's supposed to be, hey, let's work together, let's figure this out. But as we see in any kind of police procedural sh- type show, our different, you know, uh, law enforcement agencies hate each other. Right. And they that's should. The that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Never want these right. people to work together because they might solve a case or two. Well, There's... And- all kinds of serial cases that don't get solved because of this kind of uh, discrepancy, too. Right. So we know she's a Fed and she's a woman, so she, we know she knows nothing, right. basically. We know that she needs to be careful because she might get murdered because right. she's going to be coming into contact with Steven Seagal shortly here. So Storm is like, well, let me – she's like, do you have any details on this case? And Brian, he's like, look, he's got no motives. There's symbols and ciphers. Where he is really makes his, he looks like makes us look like assholes. It's the only thing he's good at. We don't know. Yeah, the captain. Th- th- this is him questioning where uh, because they're trying to fumble their way through. Yeah, no, I didn't do it that great in the notes. They're trying to fumble their way through the motives. You know everything he knows about the case, but they know nothing about this case because uh, Jacob has taken this case and made it his own. Right. Because again, he is the serial killer. That's my running theory. <laughs> He is the grifter. He sees it as somebody else, and we're seeing it through his eyes. Yeah, he's the serial killer that kills serial killers. Right. That's his thing. And so he came up. He, again, he was looking at the Count Chocula box. He saw the cipher for children, and he was like, oh, my God, baby. I'm going to make a serial killer who does all that. So that's why he can solve it, because he made it himself. And so um, they're trying to give uh, Frankie Miller the inside scoop and everything, and they can't. They just can't do it because they have no idea what's going on. It's all Jacob, and that's when the captain goes, "Where the fuck is Jacob? He really makes us look like assholes here because he's never present." The captain because he's, he's busy at work doing his I, job. Right. Where yep. is he? Why is he not it, here now? His hands aren't tied. Well, we we have a theory that he's probably not even a cop. He just walks into police because yeah. he, he, he gives off this vibe like he has this nomadic lifestyle. Yeah, and we we hey. Stewart hear- probably knows about this too. We got to bring him into the fold. Well, yeah, you. But you hear it. You're gonna hear it here first. We have a theory that Jacob King. I don't remember what his character's name was in Glimmer Man, but I think they're the same character because he just walks into the police station in Glimmer Man and takes over too. Yeah. Think so. about this, Stewart. We were talking about this pre-show. Um, Stephen Seagal constantly has a cop character who just walks into a police station and takes it over. He never has to show off any credentials. Like we said, Glimmer Man, he does that in. He does it in this yep. movie. Can you, did, can you think of any other movies he does that in? Because I think it's like all of them. I think it probably is. I think Nico was probably that. Out for Justice, I would definitely say as that in it. Uh, yeah. Well, definitely yeah, above the law. He, he's just saying it in yep. the title. I'm above the law. Right. And there, there's always, like, uh, the exposition-type scene where the captain's trying to find out information about this new person they just put in his fucking, you know, under his employment. It's like, I, we know nothing about this All man. All we know is he's the best He's what the he does. best, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always being called in and everything. This is... And he, he, and he has... he Five years early, like, his past only goes back five years. He's a mystery, <laughs> yeah. you know, always. Yeah. You know. Okay. That's because the medical records are actually the same date as his hair. So every time he gets his <laughs> hair done, the, the records get reset. Amazing. So we were just talking about this rave bar that the captain just left. You're right. We're going back to it. Yeah, that's the continuity. That's why it makes sense. We see a guy. We're like, is this another serial killer? I thought we were getting another serial killer. <laughs> yeah. I really did. 
goes up to the bartender. He's like, who's that drugged out broad over there? I'm into that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's loaded with X right now. She's easy pickings. (laughs) All right. Set it up. Slaps 100 on the fucking bar. Why are we doing this? What is no, this fine, for? No, fine. The barman looks. He's like, which one? That woman over there. Which one? It's the one under the spotlight <laughs> that seems to have the only color dress on amongst the exactly. entire audience. The right. one woman is under a spotlight. How, how did that happen? And then he's like, here's $100. Let me know when she leaves. Like, I couldn't just watch her leave myself. He's like, he's like all right, I'm going to set it up. I'm going to go out in the Zarkta alley. Yeah. You lead her in the back. I'm going to rape her. All right. I'm down with that. <laughs> I mean, it's basically what it is. This is. So we see the bartender walking the woman out. Yeah, your boyfriend's over there. That's it. <laughs> That's the setup. Well, she's fucked up on E or X. Yeah. Was S- it E or X? He's, I don't know, but the guy's fucked up on SCX. He's waiting for her. <laughs> and he, he goes, hey, baby. Walked in. He says, baby. You got to say baby. Hey, baby, baby. Hey, baby, baby. And just as he's about to go in for the kill... Or the rape, or whatever he's going to do to this poor woman. Do something, yeah. Lazarus, the grifter killer, pulls out a, a garrot, as uh, as uh, Seagal says <laughs> later on. A, a is that like a garrot? I think is that similar. <laughs> yeah. Similar thing, isn't it? I'm doing the pronunciation that Seagal does. Yeah. And he, and he starts strangling him. I thought blunt force trauma was his kill. No, he's strangling this guy. I mean, we saw the pattern for women well, this, where it's yeah, blunt force trauma, well, and now we're getting men. Yeah. And he goes for well, we the know, gay We know we learned that he is more brutal on women yes. than men. And we, how we learned that is very, very fun as well. Also yeah. very sexist, do you not think? It's like, shouldn't you have the, consa- the same sort of brutality, whether it's a man or a woman? I think it's very, I don't think or, you're allowed or, to have a different level depend on gender. Is it empowering? How about that? He's like, women, are, yeah. women deserve he's, more beating. He's more threatened Possibly. by women, and that's why he beats them more. Awesome. Yeah. This is yeah. really deep. This film. This is. We, we said I told this. you. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's gonna be a nine-hour episode. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy. <laughs> so meanwhile, Jacob, he's back at home. Got those PTSD flashbacks. He is standing by his front door liquor cabinet. Just, sw- I thought he had a towel on in this scene. <laughs> it was just a pillowy like rugby shirt. Yeah, yeah it was a pillowy John D. Hart shirt. <laughs> And he's just sweating it out as he stares into the distance and goes into another flashback. Right. And, you know, he's thinking about, of course, that birthday party again, because this is where his life ended. This is where his personality split. Ended this is... or began? Oh, good question. Or yeah. good uh, <laughs> observation. Yes. There we go. So Storm comes over because he's the guy who has to take all the heat because he's the only guy at the office. Right. And he's like, look, man, I just, I, I just talked to this Fed. I talked to the captain. He's on our ass. If I can get a good cut of this, I want to get it for you to put up on Twitter because I want people to witness this scene. This is such a fascinating look into the world of Steven Seagal. He's like, oh, he's like, hey, calm down, baby. Come, you, want, you need a drink, baby? You're going to get your pension, don't you? Worry? Yeah, because he's like, look, he's like, look, man, I got a family. I can't lose this pension with your fucking outlaw cop ways i know know? how you live you just kind of come in you beat the fuck out of anybody you want you murder people you throw people out windows you don't take any heat you don't take any shit from anybody because he get why because he gets results results you you're just fucking half the police department in in your sweet upscale memphis apartment where did you even (laughs) find this how did you find this apartment in memphis 
and, and then and then let's put a pen in that line going i don't want to lose my pension i need to keep my job right because yeah. that will come back in a little bit yes it will so it's like have a drink baby and this is where we get to see some nice prop setting here yeah. steven seagal it's got an eye for detail so yeah. here's where we get uh, you, you had the name of it, Jack's... Jack Spaniel. Jack Spaniel. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was, it's Whiskey for Dogs. Whiskey is that who Johnny Depp plays in one of these pirate dog movies or something? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yes, we don't get it. We don't get... They couldn't get it. Get a deal with Jack Daniels. So we get Jack Spaniel, yep. the next best thing. And, you know... Close up of the bottle. Seagal despises drinkers. We've learned this from his scene with Celine. You drink too much, baby. <laughs> so here he is pouring his friend a drink. He gives him his the friend actually says, I have been having a problem. I haven't drank in a yes, while. I stopped drinking, but one won't kill me. Seagal doesn't give him a, a pinky. You know, he doesn't give him the, the, oh shit, what movie was that? That was White Fire where Ginty was drinking out of a thimble. Yes. He gives him the four fungal, four fungal, four finger fucking salute. He pours a whole fucking highball glass full of Jack Spaniel. And he watches his friend drink it. And the close caption literally says slurping. <laughs> Not gulping. It's if Steven Seagal doesn't make a movie called Four Finger Fungal, I'll be very disappointed in the next few years. Well, there's too many words in that title. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, unless four and fingers. Do the number. You can do the number. Yeah. Four yeah, fingers. That. Yeah. <laughs> and so he even helps his friend. He's lifting the glass to make sure he drinks the whole drink fucking it down, thing. Drink baby. Drink that down. As he stares daggers into his eyeballs. Right. Fascinating mixed, scene. Mixed messages. I know. Fascinating scene. Fascinating. All right, so we got the next morning. Yeah, Jacob, or he kicks him out right after that. He comes right. in. You're not going to lose your pension. Have this drink, 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 drink. Now go drive drunk. Go drive home. Yeah. Bye. Next morning, the body of, of the creep that got strangled by the garrot is found at this uh, building. Yeah, we go up to another murder scene. It's and always everything. every all the you know all the one thing the circulars have in common the fourth floor. They mentioned yeah. the fourth floor. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah. That's because they figured Steven Seagal would never get up there to find the body. I think he even says that, or did the storm say that? But one of them says, "Like, why has it always got to be on the top floor?" That's really weird because that was Billy Joe in the first scene on the fourth floor. Yeah, serial killers all have a thing for fourth floors, apparently. Yeah, did that's because they like this fourth floor fungal. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is? Four finger fungal. Yep. Oh, so they get we go they get up to the crime scene. Uh, Miller is already there, the right? Fed. And of course, when a feds get to walk in on a local police fucking detective story, you know, uh, case, who let the feds in? Everybody's on edge here. Everybody should. Stephen, Stephen just oh, Stephen, Jacob just walks in. Is holding court. Everyone's they're in a murder scene. Celine is there. She yeah, got you know. Yeah. This is where we finally get to see that yeah, this is her job. This yeah. is the moment where I hit pause and I was like, what the fuck? Why did he have to sit her down like a child, pet her on the head and explain that there's some horrible people in the world that brutally murder? She sees it. Yeah, so then uh, Storm and uh, and Jacob go into their like comedy routine clowning on a Miller. Yeah. He's like, oh, hey, hey, Jacob. She's here to offer her expertise. Yeah. I can tell by your age, baby. You have a lot more expertise than me. Everyone's just cracking off. There's nine people in here, yeah. all black women, except for Celine, who is some kind of person of color, I think. Okay, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, but yeah, everybody is just there to be like, 
Hey, Jacob, you taking care of yourself? You getting out there? You doing the blues riff still? Oh, yeah, I'm still shredding. And so, yeah, he cracks the joke on Miller. Everybody just starts going. and It's a, it's right. a riot. Right. There's, they're just, it's like they're doing Yo Mama jokes. It's just like good old time. I haven't heard laughter since this, since like those old Gallagher fucking taped uh, routines. And so, as always, Jacob points out the obvious. He's like, well, obviously this body was moved because we see the drag marks. There's like blood drag marks. Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, my God, I didn't notice that. Really? This is where, I mean, Stuart, have you ever thought about writing any kind of like detective story like this? I have after watching this one. I'm like, it can't be that hard. Well, clearly <laughs> really it can't, can't be that hard. <laughs> it, I mean, if this is the level of effort you have to put in it, where literally everybody – well, this is why – did he staff this police force to just fucking clap for up that? No, it's just he's so. no because there's a scene. It's I don't want to. I don't want to step on okay, the line. Okay. But there's a scene later on where Millard says. Something okay, like okay. Yeah. So, he was one. He's one step away from going. Call off the paramedics, baby. I think this guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "What? Yeah, yeah. Look, he's white. He needs. He's all pale and pasty, and he stinks. See, normally, people have a pulse." He doesn't. This baby don't got no pulse. So then he also says, well, look at those scratch marks on the drag marks. Somebody dragged this, this mirror over here. Wasn't there a mirror at the other crime scene? Oh, my God, there was. Meanwhile, nothing comes from this scene at all. We never see – you never hear about mirrors. We, nope. All the time we – hear see a mirror is when he's throwing someone through a mirror. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we do see him bash a lot of mirrors again. Maybe he's the one afraid of mirrors. I, I, I'm not surprised. He's like, I, look I don't like want to look at myself. Yeah, okay. I either. I mean, you, you've brought up Count Chocula, <laughs> right. where he gets his inspiration for the ciphers. He might be a vampire. But also, I think this really is, He's when he sees himself in a mirror. He sees, he's the only one who can spot blood, apparently. He spotted the blood on the ear of Jessica, and he found the bloody track mark. Yeah, I it looks like this guy was painting or something. Maybe he painted that wall, moved the mirror in. And that's why you have these two red lines here. Oh, that's blood, baby. So Miller's like, well, this this is similar to a case I once worked. Oh, a case. You worked one case, baby. Mm, you must have a lot of knowledge about this. They're just dunking on her. Oh, big time. And then he's like, hey, wait, wait, baby, look, look, look at this, this symbol. I swear, the closed caption said inaudible. Yeah. I heard Sasquatch Quadrant. It's <laughs> just a fucking like box, like, like carved on his hand. Yeah. This is also fascinating because it's just like you've got, you've got him hunched over. It's like when you fall asleep at your desk in school. Right. You know, he's hunched over like that. He's got a big slash across his back. His face is all fucked up. He got the groat around his neck. <laughs> right. He lifts up his head by his hair. He just lifts the guy up, looks at his hand that he's, you know, uh, curled yeah. up on, and he's got that symbol yeah, on it. Yeah, the Sasquatch Quadrant. I mean, maybe they were waiting for him to show up before they started doing this. Yeah, but... we have established that he puts symbols on people, but the only person who can find them are, uh, are, are Jacob. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a bit like... Because he's the Rod one putting Rodney... them on. He's a bit like Roddy Piper and They Live Without the Sunglasses. It's like yeah. only Sensei Seagal can see these symbols. That's a good point. That's and he's a like, good point. Baby, this is the Sasquatch Quadrant. We all know that means back off. He's telling us to back off. Two kills in two days? He's speeding things up. The clock's about to run out. 
So they're like, all right, well, all you ladies, do like ladies and clean this mess up. We got some some uh, crime solving to do. Meanwhile, they're walking all over the evidence, yep. all over those tracks. Wiping the f- They had booties on. No, the I cop, w- no, the cops did. They did not. The cops didn't, but the detectives did. Well, that, that changes in the next scene because the next scene, he's he's not wearing booties and the cops are. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So I love this, though, because as he's walking out, of course, all of his friendly cops are just clapping for him, walking out. He's talk, He like does a little nod at Celine, and she rolls her eyes because she's like, you're going to leave me with the rookie? Because they have to stab a thermometer in the dead body? Yeah, test the, the, the temperature to like, so they can See, judge time of how death. T- yeah, yeah, okay. And so Seagal has some wise line when he's leaving. He's like, I hate it when they poke those babies. They explode. Yeah. And we get to see that Miller's never been around for a body poke. Right. She's all about reading books and shit and profiling. She's never done the the work. She never earned it. So immediately, within a second of the poke, she starts vomiting. Right. And Celine, again, with the eye roll, crosses her arm. She's like, this bitch is never going to be a real cop. So we've totally, at this point, humiliated this poor woman, Miller. So we need some kind of redemption, some kind of scene. Yeah, or do we? Because it's another humiliating scene. It it kind of is. <laughs> because she hears some screaming. We're just learning that she noses into everything. Right. As every fed would do. Yeah. She hears some screaming, and she's just like, I thought this was an abandoned house. She's like, well, some crackheads, they live in the, the, the first floor. So they, they go down and investigate, and it's just a guy screaming at his wife. And she's trying to calm the situation by pulling a gun out, which always calms the situation. And he, uh, the girlfriend's like, look, he's just high on crack. He does this sometimes. He, he's, a, he's not going to hurt me. And the guy's like flipping out on her, goes at her with a knife. She notices he's white, so she's like, I can't shoot him. So what am I supposed to do? She calms him down. And then what? I forget. Did she? Did they just arrest him? I don't remember. Or they, they? Yeah, she beats him up, right? Right, Stuart. He's, yep, she does. She gives him a good old because he comes out with that age-old line: "If you didn't have a badge or a gun, you wouldn't be." Yeah, but she does have a badge and a gun. I've never understood that line. If you didn't have that bat, you wouldn't. Be, yeah, but I do. What it is is go. it's <laughs> kind of a psychological kind of move where, like, they're like, "Okay, well, I'll put down my badge and gun. We'll see how tough." That's that's what he's trying. Yeah, I, to do. I ain't yeah. doing that. You, yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah, but I do have a gun. <laughs> so you know, you got a knife in your hand. If you didn't have that so, knife, yeah. then I'd have punched you. Unlike every uh, interaction Seagal has with a witness or whatever, this guy actually, we, we have cause to actually shoot this guy. Mm. But uh, she, she stops him, and the, and the girlfriend's like, why did you do that? He's just smoking crack, all right? I mean, she's a Memphis cop. She's seen it before. Right. Well, no, the, the girlfriend no, is no, like, the girl, oh. Yeah, she is, isn't she? She's like, you didn't like, have to hurt him. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Well, yeah. I did. The one getting a knife waved yeah. at her. Yeah. That was, oh, so we're back at the office. Jacob, he's almost got that cipher figured out, baby. And then Miller has to interrupt, just as he's about to fucking finish it off. Always as he's about to. And he's finished off his bowl of Count Chocolate cereal as well. And she's like, look, I need to talk to you guys alone, though, because I know when you guys conspire, you, you, you work out this great comedy routine and it makes me feel like an asshole. Right. Yeah, she doesn't want to go 2v1. She, she knows that Storm's the weak point here, so she's got to isolate them. Takes him into uh, what's it called, like an interrogation room, right? And when this and this this is where we learned that Billy Joel did get released because of basically Jacob's fucking fault. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. He just went by the book. 
he'd be in jail right now for being a big man. He should have just, you know, arrested the the guy. They had him on murder of an old lady apparently because they found him with a dead right. lady, um, dead on a doily. Right. And uh, we get a scene where we see uh, uh, Billy, this fucking broke hillbilly, has the finest lawyer in town for some reason, <laughs> and he gets picked up. And they're like. Hey, man, here's your limo. Let's fucking drive you back to your place. Oh, by the way, here's your knife you killed that old lady with. They they can't keep it. Yeah. He's even surprised by that. He's like, oh, they gave me my knife back? <laughs> the one I killed that lady with? It's like, you're a free man, Billy Joe. What are you going to do with yourself? Murder. <laughs> Kill you. murder. Yeah, I might murder you guys. Well, yeah, that's to show how sick this guy is. Yeah. So Jacob, of course, you know, while uh, Storm's being interrogated, he's got to go visit his old friend Ice. Right. Well, he's just got to take off because he does what he wants. Even though she said, I'm, I want to talk to you next. Right. He's just like, I got shit to do, baby. I got cases to solve. I've, right. o- I've almost got this cipher figured out. So he's just like, goes up to the corner. Hey, baby, wh- wh- where's that body? He's like, I have 20 fucking but bo- I'm the only coroner in Memphis. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, Memphis is a real small town. Right. Population 80, 80 90 maybe. If that. Which, which, I, which I looked up, and the population of Jasper, Missouri, was less than 1,000. Of course it was. <laughs> so Again, it was a field of dream situation. Right, like, there's right. nobody there, and yet the bar was full every night. Right. And it was so impressive that this guy ran a, how, uh, a fucking uh, city that has less than 1,000 people. But it. they got that J.C. Penny. They got it, man. So he's just like, I'm swamped with work. What do you want from me? And Jacob's like, I want results, baby. Just want results. I need that body. I need to see if there's anything, any new clues, any new ciphers on this. I mean, he already saw the cipher when he saw the body. Because he's got to look for the next thing. He's running out of leads here. Miller's like, where the fuck? I said I wanted to talk to you. He's like, hold on, baby. I got a phone call, baby. And he starts like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he hangs up. And then he like goes to her like, well, thanks to you, Billy Joe just got off. It's like, what? It's your fault. <laughs> He's like, because you want to do things by the book. He's like, if you did things by the book, he wouldn't have gotten off. They had him dead to rights if he just arrested him <laughs> right then and there. Right. And now we cut to, we see that, you know, this is where we got, we got to have the scene that justifies everything Jacob does because Billy Joe murdered everybody in that limo that picked him up. His lawyer had got him off. He's yep. that crazy. Yep. And so this is where, this is where, uh, what's his name, dunks on him. Because he's like, yeah. or no, she dunks on him. Your boy, Billy Joe, has just murdered three more. Or no, he says that to her, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, because of course he does. Your yeah. boy, Billy Joe, you came in here and let this guy walk. Like he said, oh my God, I got that all fumbled up. But I got to go, baby. I don't have time for your question. It's it, got to go just... clean up your mess, baby. <laughs> so the, now he goes up, goes back to his office. He finally figured out the cipher. I got it, baby. And we see it says, it says, the soul you kill is the soul you keep. At the edge of space, this is the true religion. It's like, I'm reading it, baby, but I'm not understanding it. Yeah. So he's got to head out. He's got to go. I, it, it, it seems to be a library, but yeah. I saw in the background it said Memphis Art Center. So I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know exactly what's happening here. Uh, Steven Seagal heard about goth people, so he right. threw one of them in there. Well, yeah, we gotta have some sick person. Right, and of course, he's got the, he, he's like your favorite in the 90s when they would do, like, punks, and they were, yeah. you know, the craziest people yeah, in the world. Yeah, goths were like, uh, Marilyn Manson goths, not like traditional goths. That was like the creep of the 2000s. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So he's got one of them in there. This girl just blowing him off. He's like, do you have any She's just being a fucking little bitch because that's what goth girls are, you know? She's like, but, oh, rolling her eyes, doing her Wednesday dance. But, but, but also, he goes up to her and she works in a library saying, can you help me find this book? And she says, this is not my job. It's like, you're a fucking librarian. Yes, it is your job. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. She, needs, she needs kicking out. Well, she's a goth librarian. She's got to give a little sass. So we, uh, we do have to remember that Steven Seagal did write this scene. Right. So... What is he trying to tell us? He hates goth people. Yeah, hates women, goth people. Uh, and women. And she's like, he's like, you look like you know something about the occult, baby. Can you help me? She's like, uh, I'm on my break. Do it yourself, asshole. Yeah. Go find it yourself. Go fuck off. Make sure to keep quiet while you do it. So we're at just some fucking public library in Memphis. It has these like ancient grimoires of like fucking the occult. Amazing. Parchments made out of human skin. Right. Like it, it's just books full of symbols. Like the fucking the Necronomicon from Evil Dead is fucking there. And Stephen Skull is flipping through a book just as you expect him to. He's not registering anything. He's literally just flipping through, looking for pictures and shit. There's the ciphers all over the pages with yeah. the letter translation yeah, to these it. These are totally like books from like some medieval fucking time. It's just symbols and shit and like ancient Sumerian. And now our librarian's coming up, and she's suddenly got a change of heart. Hey, do you, do you have well, any no, luck? Well, no, first she's like, uh, closing time. You need to get the fuck out. And But then she notices, like, well, maybe it's kind of because she knows it's like, wow, he really, he's not kidding. He's into the same occult, satanic shit I'm into. So maybe we're kindred souls. Even though he asked her about astrology. All girls are into astrology. Yeah. That's just how it works. It's a science. It is a science. But, yeah, she starts trying to get kind of cozy with them. Do you have any luck? Oh, baby, I have all kinds of luck. Don't and, know what that was supposed to mean. And then he he, he rattles off that, that phrase that I said earlier from that he deciphered. And she's like, that's totally from Southern Death Threat. You know, the greatest bar band in Memphis? Well, we were talking last week about Roadhouse and bar bands and the power of a resident bar band. Right. Maybe that's Sudden Death Threat. Yeah, it is. And she's like, yeah, they play down at the All About Eve Club, down, just down the block. Same song every night. That's why I know the lyrics. He's played the same <laughs> fucking song every goddamn night. Those guys write the craziest lyrics. They're all about astrology. So then she gets off work. Uh, apparently, librarian doesn't pay well because she's got to take the bus home. Or maybe she's like you. She likes to live in a walkable city. Walkable city. So she gets on the bus, and we see Billy Joe get on that bus. He likes goth girls. And he looks like a 50-year-old meth addict, so you know <laughs> they can pick up the 30-year-old goth girl like nothing. Right. Uh, easily. Yeah. Easily. And he's like, my lady. He pulls a fedora out. He's like, my lady. And that totally melts her. She's just like, I want this guy. That's right. All right, we're going over to our fucking rock show now. Yeah, we're getting some of the finest butt rock Memphis can produce. <laughs> My God. Hey, if I knew a Nickelback song, I'd say whatever I... it is, tribute to Nickelback, which would be, would be this band. That would be, that's their name would be. Yeah, like would. When, was, when was the last time you went to a concert, Stuart? The last time I went to a concert was either John Carpenter or Muse. Oh, interesting. It been pre, pre-pandemic. I've not been to one since. So uh, at least a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we all agree Steven Seagal's never seen a concert? Yeah. Based uh, on this he's, scene? He's, he's, well, played he's played some concerts. Yeah. Played many blues concerts. Yeah, no, I mean, not to that audience size, clearly, but... Maybe yeah. he plays yeah, no. where he doesn't face the audience or something. 
who, who plays butt rock and is like, yeah, this super violent fucking butt rock scene. <laughs> like, he didn't even give it, like, a thrashy. He didn't give it, like, hard. 2008, like, new metal was huge at the time. Disturbed. You know, they could have done something a lot better. Instead, you get, like Murray said, a Nickelback, Nickelback. style band. And people are losing their fucking mind. There's fights breaking out. There's glasses smashed. It does look like a uh, the early Double Deuce scene where it's like they mm. got the chicken wire fence and everything. You should have got then, the Roadhouse Band. Just get them to play. I'd have enjoyed that more. Right. I, I would have liked it more, too. I didn't mind the blues riffs and everything from that. It would have worked for, well, it would have worked too well for Steven's aesthetic, though. Yeah. He's got he's got to have something that's foreign to him in here. Uh, so Jacob, all he does is talk to bartenders in this movie. He's gonna go talk to this next bartender because he's got to figure out about these lyrics. He's got to figure out about the band. Who's writing the lyrics? Because that's his next lead. And so we learned that this band, for being a local resident band, they've got like nine different people that write the lyrics for it. And so we're going to be uh, learning about Lazarus for the first time because he apparently wrote the song where the lyrics were from or something like that. He's real deep into the astrology shit, even though everybody in this band is super deep into the astrology shit. Uh, just all over the place. And this, this is a great band, though, that they actually let the bartender write some of the lyrics. Bartender, Everyone. Lazarus, the singer, the drummer, everybody's writing for it. It's a, it's a cold communal effort. It's very beautiful. Better them than letting Steven Seagal write them. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've heard Steven Seagal's lyrics, and they are way more uh, uh, mentally heavy than this. Yeah, like, yeah. what was that song? Punani. It's a great like fucking song. Yeah. That's some deep shit. That was very deep shit. Balls deep. This is where we get yeah. Lazarus and Jacob locking eyes for the first time. And he's like, I got you, baby. Yeah. Serial killer recognizes well, like serial you, killer. Well, like you said, I, I, I relate to this. Nothing makes me more uh, angry than butt rock. So he can't get through this, like, this crowd because they're so enraged and thrashing out to this, the finest butt rock Memphis has to offer. So he's just got to pummel the shit out of some random people at a concert while Lazarus makes his getaway. And so he he goes, I love this part. So Lazarus goes backstage. Like there's a fucking backstage, some fucking butt frock club or some shit. And the guy's like, the guys, they're doing their job. Security, they go up to Jacob, and they're like, hey, you don't have a backstage pass. He beats the fuck out of these guys for just doing their job. You can't just say, I'm a cop, like pull his badge out, Nothing. Which, which we notice never has a badge. He never pulls his badge He does. he's not badge. a cop. He does pull his badge. Oh. In uh, some of the murder scenes, you see him with the badge necklace on. Oh, of course. But he, do he, he doesn't wear it where it'd be most appropriate, because here would be incredibly appropriate. Right. He could have avoided all that shit with like the the pit and everything. You know? Right. So again, Steven Skull's trying to tell us something by omitting that detail. I like beating people up, yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm a cruel, sadistic man. <laughs> that's it. He's a serial killer. Right. So the uh uh Lazarus gets out, carjacks somebody. Yep. Gets five feet before Sensei just starts opening fire on him. So he swerves the car into a brick building, crashes, it flips over, it explodes. Lazarus just happens to escape. 
Chase continues. I thought we were in Detroit here for a minute because they are in the eight foot by five foot wide <laughs> sewer system that we do have in RoboCop three slash Detroit. Right. They, yeah. And yeah, and it's just a long. You missed out on that, Stuart. Didn't you do RoboCop two with us? I I don't think so. Oh, okay. Nope. I definitely I listened to it, but I don't think I was on there. I, I thought you were on that one. I don't know. There's so many, Such so a many good episodes. Movie. Just yep. <laughs> so yeah, we get a long extended scene of him just chasing a guy through these tunnels. Apparently, everything's run on steam engines because they're yeah. shooting pipes and steam is coming out. Just like in RoboCop three, the sewers empty into like a, a apartment building, and so now they're just like going through the apartment building. Uh, Lazarus runs into a room, happens to find uh, a you know a frail woman that he can use as a hostage. So he's going to be using that to, you know, slip out of um, Jacob's grasp again. He heads down into the parking lot. Yeah, as we learned, he's got Michael Myers' powers. So even though he gets away, Jacob catches up with he's him. He's always catching up. It really is. I just watched Friday the 13th, part one and two. And yeah, teleporting. That's, yeah. It's it. And we're so, getting some more of this fantastic editing as well. Don't forget to give a shout out to the clearly oh. absent editor. Oh, my God. Just how he's putting this all together. I mean, it looks like when the people say, I didn't know what to do with this song, so I just tore up all the lyrics, threw them, and pulled them out of the hat, and that's why it's the way it is. Yeah. None of it. It's all over the place. It's like... It it looks like when you're editing something and your PC misbehaves and it drops frames. It looks like that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. there we go. We get the stutter cuts. We get slow-mo. We get everything. Quick cuts. Yeah. So we get down into the parking lot. Steven Skull's coming down there. He's looking around. He's trying to find his target. And then we, we, one thing we have to point out is because we always say the the one issue with Sensei is that he never shows vulnerability in a yeah. fight. This one, he totally lets his stunt double show vulnerability because yeah. his stunt double will get the shit kicked out of him. He never does. You're right. So that is a little bit of growth on Sensei's part. That you know, we because... gotta give him twenty years, and he finally took a punch. Right. So well, right. He gave a punch to his, his two stunt doubles that he had for this movie. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Uh, so this is where we get Lazarus, who is apparently hiding in the rafters or the parking lot. He swoops down with a pipe, you know, hits uh, Sensei in the back with it. Sensei goes, haul it, well, his double or a triple or quadruple goes falling over. And Lazarus, instead of like running away, doesn't he get on him? Or well, sense- well, no, he has to. He has to uh, monologue. Yes, he's like, right. finally, finally, my whole life I've been searching for an equal, an adversary to me, and I finally found it in you. And then, of course, Sensei just gets up and starts pummeling him. Well, how about you just go toe to toe with me, little man? Oh, it, you you say I'm your adversary, baby? I'm better than you. And he starts slapping him. Slap can we talk him. about the difference in weight, weight and height here? Because Sensei's probably got a foot and a half, two feet on this guy. He's about three bills. He's about 300 at this point. <laughs> Easily, well, whereas Lazarus might weigh 120 pounds. He's Darby yeah. Allen, yeah. He, I, that's what I thought. Uh, I thought Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe right here. So Lazarus knows he's met. He's, he, he hasn't met his match. He's met his better. So he goes and scratches his fucking Sensei's hand and runs away. <laughs> How that plays in later is so good. It yeah. was so good for yeah, me. Yeah, it was all planned. Yeah. And fortunately, he drops his wallet. So he's like, I got you, baby. I got you. Serial killer runs around with his wallet yeah. and ID and everything. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you got to have, have your ID. Yeah. 
And it says Lazarus Killer. That's his name. Yeah. In case you Killer. wanted like a drink or a bar or something, you could have your ID on you. So, okay, now we're back at Lazarus uh, Murder Pit, I think you called it. And oh, my God. Murder Hole. Murder Hole. And that, that would be a fuck Southern Death Threat. Murder Hole should have been the Murder name. Murder Hole should have been the name of the band. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, this is this is where we see. You it. gotta show how sick this guy is. Yeah, right. Steven Seagal definitely knows a serial killer. So he's wearing a black leather thong, and he's monologuing some more. Like I can speak in tongues, baby. I can channel spirits. I'm all powerful. We see in the background the barmaid from the beginning of the movie is dead. Yep. And he's working on her body, and he's putting some little scraps of stuff underneath her fingernails. Yeah, this is very Twin Peaks. This is, yeah. this is what they were doing in that. And I baby... genuinely felt quite sad when I saw that barmaid there dying. I'm like, oh, she was like one of the only nice people in this film. Well, right. she, she did have sex with a pimp, okay? She did. So and not she, that nice. she didn't just, uh, you know, she wasn't completely revolted by that act either. She wasn't like, I need to recover from that. She was like, yeah, he was pretty good, too. I enjoyed it. Conversation sucked, but. Conversation sucked, fuck. but Dick was good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so we're like, what's he doing? What's he putting underneath her fingernails? What's he doing in there? Cut to goth girl. What happened to goth girl? Well, she's like. Well, what happened to our other serial killer, Murray? Yeah, I really care about Billy. Billy Joy served no purpose. Why? What was his purpose besides to give another person for Sensei to beat up? True. So yeah, they're like just to show that Frankie Miller sucks at her job. Yeah. So they're have they're like in the postcoital mood. The fire's dying down. They had some sweets and scale eleven. We didn't see it. We didn't get to see it. I watched it on Tubi, and they cut. The, or I watched it on YouTube, YouTube where they cut the fucking nudity yeah. out. I didn't know there was nudity. She didn't get nude. She did not get nude. No, oh, she did God. not. So, they, they, every chase shot you saw of this, where it was like the, you never got to see any kind of uh, any real parts of her or anything. Yeah, that, that's exactly. So Billy Joe gets on top of her, whips out the knife, and every goth girl want, thinks they're edgy and they're all into this. Kind of, Ooh, are we gonna cut each other now and all yeah. that kind of shit? And he means business. You're not gonna talk about the fog. Even serial killers get the fog. He wasn't in the fog. D- that last night, you don't he was cocksmogging her. With his serial killer, like, because we do Remember, know. he talked her into bed. Right. He's oh. cocksmogging her. Well, he even made it seem like, because he tells her, like, yeah, you know, last night ended up being more fun than I thought it was going to be, so here we are doing this now. No, he had, she was in his cocksmog. Okay. Because she even lost the sass, which, goth girls, it's hard for them to lose the sass. Hard to lose the sass. Which brings up a point, uh, uh, Stuart, ever been yep. in Pussy Fog? You ever been in the Pussy Fog? Can't remember. That's how effective it was. No, nope. that's that's <laughs> wow. really effective. I'm deep in, deep into like... and and we think when we think of London, all we think about is fog. So yeah, you've that's, never been that's in it, diff- different kind of fog. Okay, well, yeah, I'm impressed. So just to remind everybody, Billy Joe is still out there killing, killing people. Yeah, yeah. So we're cutting back over. We got Miller, Frankie Miller. Visiting Ice to talk about the grifter victims. And she's not black enough for him. So she's going to be getting the third degree from Ice. But he's explaining again. The females received more trauma. And she goes, wait, are you trying to tell me that he beat up the males more? No, the females got beat up more. Like, Ice is... We see how upset Ice is with Sensei. He's double that well, with that fed. Fucking, there's so many murders he can't keep up. He's trying to work, and people just keep interrupting him. Right, he's right. 
eating this fucking chicken sandwich with the pickles on it. They've got like, multiple serial killers out there murdering people. He's got bodies just piling up in the right. corner. And he's working by himself. Yeah. Well, so he's got we Paco, got... hasn't he? He's got an assistant. <laughs> if only he had him. So she's like, can you yeah, wheel yeah. in that, that first victim? So we, I want to, to my own eyes, I want to see what's going on there. Right. So they bring in the first victim, which is a man. Yeah. And they're noticing, uh, like, she's like, hmm. I noticed you checked under the fingernails, but men don't scratch their assailant. That's not something men do. Women Have do you that. See even Seagal movie, they cut scratch like a mother. They, they I do. absolutely do. I mean, when you're slap yep. fighting, eventually your fingernails are going to slip on some skin. And rightfully, yeah. uh, foreigner shames her. Yeah. It's like, if you're fighting for your life, you will scratch, bite, suck a dick, whatever. You need to survive. And so she's like, well, Either way, there's some foreign DNA, DNA under these fingernails. I guess that was the one fucking thing she got. Is she found some DNA on this guy? Yeah. Why, well, yeah. Why would you have your own DNA under your finger? But I just mean so, that that went on, no, that saying, went missed. Yeah. I'm just saying what she's thinking. Yeah. All right. So now, Celine is either uh, back at uh, Jacob's place, and she, we're I don't know. We're assuming. She wants to fuck. I don't think they fucked, but he's like in bed or something. Okay. Stewart's got to help us with this. Why yeah. would you throw a scene like this into the movie? I mean, we all know Sensei Seagal pretty well, but maybe you can see this from another perspective since you've made movies and everything. And uh, this is, which scene? Which scene are you talking so about? Why this is This is the scene where Steven's never in bed. We know this. He's always yeah. working at that desk. Well, he's working in bed. Was he working in bed? Yeah, okay. he, had, he had like a tray and some books and shit. So Celine comes up to ask him his per, her his permission to switch to the night shift so she can be a detective like him. Right. Yep. That's it. That's the scene. One minute. That says it's like a really short scene, isn't it? I can only think because somebody on Twitter or whatever had come back. I think it was one of your wonderful wonderful armies who said that this film had production issues. I can only suspect there's a lot more to this film. Mm -hmm. I'm glad there. I'm glad there isn't. My reading of it is he, because he's distracted, it's just showing how much, how deep he gets into his cases that he can't have a personal life. All right. So he's like, he yeah. probably wants to make a connection with this girl, but he's like, it's always, there's always another case, girl. Okay. So that's what my thing is. Because she's like, oh, he just don't even care about me. It's just, I'm, it's a weird subplot. This whole woman chasing him. He's not interested because he's at work. You could get rid of that, and then the only thing you would lose is like three minutes of the film. But it wouldn't make Sensei desirable, and that's the whole point of this scene. Uh, like, more powerful. He gets off more on rejecting women, because in real life, he's the one getting rejected. Right. So this yeah. is how he's script, literally. Because, because he wrote it, so therefore, exactly. why would he not write his own fantasies? Exactly. <laughs> All right, so we're going back to the office. Miller's walking up to Jacob's desk. Of course, he's still nearly solving the case. He's always almost solved the case, even though a minute ago he proclaimed that he solved the case. And now he's got a necklace that he got out of Lazarus' wallet yeah. from uh, Jessica, the prostitute. Yeah. Yep. That was the baby kill. So he's got, no, he's got it. He's like, case closed. Even though 
I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of probably improbable, but he could have just found it on the street. Said, oh, that's a cool necklace. Like, but you know, it's like, no, this is concrete evidence that this guy killed Jessica. Yeah, they 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 could have done something like that where they go to check out the scene where. Or how got do we murdered. know for a fact this is Jessica's necklace? It could be like, it's a random necklace. They did DNA testing. Okay, that's why Murray. It, yeah, as, DNA. as we know, DNA comes through in an hour. And it does in this movie. 2008. DNA yeah. is the, the fucking, uh, uh, you know, uh, deus ex machina. They're just yeah. constantly, yep, DNA. So he looks over at Miller and he's like, yeah, I got this new evidence. Uh, or no, she's asking him, wait a minute. You've got all this new evidence and you didn't put it into the system. You didn't inform the team working on the case. Well, I just like to keep things close to the vest, baby. You really need to learn from me. So lesson here. You're bad at your job because you try to work as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so they got his address because they got his license. They're like, let's go check it out. And of course, it's all he's a serial killer. He has to live in a boarded up farmhouse in the outskirts of nowhere. Miller, of course, thinks that, oh my God, we're going to catch him. Uh, Miller, I think you need a second day on the job. He's long gone, baby. We're just going to go check it out. No need for backup, even though that's procedure. Because he did, whatever the procedure is, he does the opposite. Exactly, yeah. So they go there, and of course, Laz, I mean, Lazarus, but Jacob's right. It's yep. a abandoned building. He checks out three rooms and goes, it's clear, baby. Yep, that's it. <laughs> yep. And then what, what she does, though, Miss, you need to follow policy and, and do everything by the book. She just wanders off on her own to check out an old barn. Yep. On her own with no backup whatsoever. So clearly, she's not following her own rules either. Clearly, she's learning. She, from she might, yeah, no, she <laughs> so might what be it is. learning. Yes. Yeah. Well, Sensei, of course, he's had the hard job of having to. I well, he didn't drive out here, but he had to get up, walk onto the front porch, walk through the door, come into this office that you know he's finding all these cool like cryptic notes and everything, maps like it's like the parallel, like the the all, the evil universe version of his room. Yeah. It is. It really is. All the shit up on the wall. And he finds a chair and he just sits there and it's like, I got to work at this for nine. He's wheezing at this time. (laughs) He definitely is. And so she's going to go wander around. She's going through the basement. She's going through the barn. I'm thinking that she's like nearly catching somebody each time, but no, she's just like wandering through, scaring herself. Yeah. That, I don't know. I thought some of the like serial killer set dressing here, I was like, okay, that's, that's not, that's not bad. Well, it was cliche though. It was cliche as fuck. And he's going through the picture. He signs a picture of a crown with stars on it. He's like, I might need that, baby. So he's I used going... to belong to Prince Harry, actually, that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she finds his, uh, I guess it's the kill room, the red room. that. Uh, it's a bathroom slash red room. The red know? rum, red room. Red rum, room, red room. And she, it's because it's, it's red. Yep. And she... In the background, we see the door slowly shut. Yeah, it's got some weight on it, so it starts yeah. creaking itself shut. weight on it. That's very accurate for Memphis. All their doors creak. Right. And I, well, it, my close caption did say door creaking. That's right. It didn't say door gulping. <laughs> no, door slurping. Door, door slurping. <laughs> and we see the barmaid pinned to the door with, like, daggers. Yeah. Was it, was it dagger? No, I was... I got. I'm getting it confused with a kill from Friday the Thirteenth, where it's just arrows puncturing a yeah, door. It was, it was like two daggers through her shoulders, pinning her to the. To the girl door. apparently weighs nothing. So this is where Miller's gonna freak out and call for Steven, and he's not even gonna show up in the room. He's gonna call him back up finally. He's still gonna sit, sit down. 
He's already done his exercise for the day. So we're back at the office. He's finally now that he's found the 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 missing link, all these like papers and shit from he's got, Lazarus. Yeah, he's got all the fucking crib notes and everything. He's got the cipher notes. He's got the like one to one index of how he was doing everything. And he's still like, I still can't solve this. What's going on? He's got that picture of the crown, like you well, mentioned. No, it's all it's all coming into place now. Cause he's like, now I get it. He is on a schedule, baby. The moon cycles. See this? See this? He pulls out the picture of the crown with the stars. Ariana. This, this crown. is Ariana's crown, baby. He is the 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 coordination of the killings goes with this crown and all this shit. I got to go home. I got because he's got more shit at home. Because that evidence that he's keeping from the police station, he's like, I have to check my evidence with this evidence. <laughs> is, is that a bit like? Is that where Donald Trump got his idea to just take all these documents home and exactly. stash them in his house sort of thing? Exactly. You just you just don't understand. You don't live here with us. What he was doing was for the betterment of our country. It was very smart what he did. 4D chess. So he goes home. He pulls, out, he pulls out his moon calculator. He actually said that moon calculator. It was good. Yeah, I like he that. He had a compass. I don't know if he was maybe like uh, he was doing a Fist of the North Star. Like, I'm going to improve Memphis. That might have been it, yeah. And he just has that aha moment. Everything clicks into place. It's It, it, it wasn't quite quick and clicking into space he was still trying to figure out the scale that's what he kept talking about and celine comes in here because the audience we're we're fuck we're stupid to this situation we well, don't he know did find a piece of acetate that had a red line red zigzagging, line. <laughs> zigzagging. Like, what does this got to do with anything what does this have to do with anything so celine comes in just so we can set her down again pat her on the head all right, little baby, here's how it works out. Serial killers kill people. This guy's been doing the astrology sign. Let me explain astrology to you for the next hour and a half. But he talks about how we can't... He's like, this definitely, the Ariana's crown, he's like, this definitely fits to some kind of scale. I just can't figure out the scale. Even though he took the map, that we're going to later learn it fits the scale that he's looking for. Yeah, all the crime scenes fit with the constellation stars. Exactly. Except for two. There's two that are empty. The empty. And he's like, so now so we're at this dilemma. I thought what was going to happen was he was going to send Miller to one location, but the other one. But no, he remembers back to the, uh, to, uh, 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 the cipher. Yeah, and there was a clue which we don't have written down. We forgot, but yeah. it, but it had something to do with an empty soul, and he's like, "It's got to be the bar, the thirsty soul," because that's the, the right where yeah the next murder should happen. That's right. So he goes to the thirsty soul, and he's just hanging out, like you said, drinking a coffee because he's the cooler. Right. It's again one p.m. This the fucking murder guy is picking people up in the middle of the day, broad daylight. He's not waiting for people to be drunk and drugged up. Just does everything at 1 p.m. Yeah, I thought the whole but that the whole plan makes no sense because it was supposed to be where he leaves the body, not where he picks up the body. Is yeah. he going to leave the body at the thirsty soul? I don't think so. He might have. It's a fucking bar. All right, so Sensei Seagal may have hacked our uh, chat here, and there's a bit of <laughs> yeah. editing. I didn't leave everybody. Putin has been uh, monitoring us. So. That's right. Comrade Seagal, they're talking about you again. I hear it's because working. we mentioned the Russian financing. That's what it was, apparently. That had to be. They want to try and keep that on the down. Perfectly on the up and up. Maybe. We love Russia. Mm. All right. So where we were at, we got Jacob sitting at the bar. The lonely soul. He figured out the, the cipher. The soul or something? The thirsty soul. Thirsty soul. Yeah. 
and you know how to quench that thirst. Blues. Blues rock. The band so, hasn't showed up. Well, he's not quen- the only thing he's quenching is his bloodlust because he has the final... Well, now we finally get the final uh, piece to the puzzle of his past. Okay. He goes back into his flashback, his PTSD flashback, and we watch him... This is you're probably right about him being a serial killer because he's watching his brother being murdered and there's no expression at all, no Nothing. like grief. Nothing. He actually lets the killer go. Yeah, he doesn't scream, doesn't call for help, he doesn't do anything a child would do. Anybody who's not already into well, the situation. He doesn't do anything a sensei would do. A sensei would have disarmed the guy and beat the shit out of this him. This is where he gets his gravelly voice. But also think what what was the the household thing that was in the murder victim's house that they that. I think one of you said, oh, they never mentioned that again, a mirror. So by Stephen looking at this serial killer killing his brother, it's like looking into a mirror. Oh, Oh my God. See, this is why we have Stuart on. Iceberg. This movie is an iceberg. Yeah. We're exploring every inch of it. Wow. So the mirror is actually the duality of him looking at himself, but really his twin brother. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Shit is deep. Incredible. So, so what's going on with Celine Griffin? Well, she's back. You know she's got no life for her. See, we've talked about this in other Seagal movies. When Seagal, well, she's not working the night shift. So. Yeah, she's not working the night shift. But whenever Seagal is not in the scene, everybody is basically saying, where is he? Like, I, I have no other existence beyond him. Right. So she literally is just sleeping in bed. Well, she's in some sexy... I think she's, like, still trying to seduce him, so she's in some sexy uh, outfit. She's got flower petals everywhere. Yeah. She's trying. She she's put, got that fire burning. It's just like... Yeah. She know. moved his, uh, like, murder case notes and everything into bed, so it's like he can't he can't do it in an office. He's got to do the work <laughs> in bed with her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, she should do is tape all those murder notes to the ceiling, and then he can lie on his back, and she can just ride him like that bus earlier on. And he could just look at the murder notes whilst pleasing her. That's Tape right. them to her back, and then he that does would, your doggy. That, he might he might make a mess of them, though. He might mess his notes up. He'd have to she, laminate them. I don't think he can get an erection, first she, of all. Let alone he, could, he could if he was reading murder notes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Crime scene photos, yeah, you're right. Especially for a serial killer. Right. Yeah, yeah that's what he's definitely getting hard on. So, she <laughs> said... <laughs> you said hard on. <laughs> That's the name of his next movie, Hard On. <laughs> hard On. Hard, hard On. <laughs> Sequel, Hard Off. Hard On. Harder on. Harder on, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Celine's in bed, and she's going to get attacked by Billy Joe. Because yeah. he's been, we never we failed to mention this, but Billy Joe has been stalking uh, Sensei after he got out of jail. We Did see him. He? I didn't even yes, remember. we see him in a dingy truck, following him around everywhere. Oh yeah. Super okay. cop doesn't realize he's being followed. Or does he? So you're trying to say that he wanted Celine to get murdered? Yeah, get her out of his life. Celine represents his guilty conscience. He's like yeah. one of those guys who can't just dump the girl. He's got to keep leading her on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And when he's through with her, he's just like, yeah. She was a nuisance anyway, wearing you know sexy lingerie for him, bringing him drinks, wanting to please him. Right. Who, who wants really? that in her life? Come on. He's Jeez. trying to put all of his effort into this case, and he's got to stop working so he can just like deal with her needs. Like, come yeah, on. No, no chance. Can't she, can't she think about the victim for once? Can't she go yeah, away really. for a while, not wear the sexy lingerie, not beg for his dick all the time? Right. So she gets tied up, and we're going to assume the worst for her. All right, so... 
back at the office. We need some levity. We're getting too dark, Griff. So we need a scene to like lighten everything up. So Storm is with Miller. And she's 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 been digging up dirt on Jacob because she doesn't trust this guy. Right. She's been suspicious the whole time because she's come into this office where everybody is just like, no, he is the best. He does everything right. the right way, even though he does not like work a stray with cat. Us. He just walked into the office one day, <laughs> took over, and <laughs> solved all our crimes. Urinate on everything to say, hey, this is mine. Right. Typical. Yeah, well, he fights right. like a cat, doesn't he? So <laughs> there you go. So I gotta give it to her. She came in here and she's like, "This is really fucked up. We should probably look into this." And so she's trying to look into it, but Storm's got to play fucking, you know, got to get in the way of things, got to stall her. She's like, "Do you want to know how amazing this man is? Let me tell you about our first case. You've been in the sewer system, right? The giant sewer system we have. So we were stalking this uh, cannibal. Yeah, the cannibal. worst kind of human." And we're going through the sewers together. And I say, hey, let's call him back up. And he says, don't die, baby. We got no time. He could kill 80 more people in the time it takes back up to get here. <laughs> time is just talk while we're walking. No. Just radio, no. man. That's why you have the radios on your chest. Right. So, they, Well, I didn't need backup because he had my back and I had his. That's how it should be, baby. So they walk into the... the um, they get to the end of the tunnel where there's the big room, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle lair. We got it's a yeah, it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja. We got the moonlight shining down on them. Perfect fucking scene. They find a guy stand, not standing over, but kneeling over a clown, a circus clown. Yeah. And the guy is comes up, he turns around, he's got the, this clown's arm, he's gnawing on it. And we cut back over to see Miller's reaction, and she is on the edge of her seat, even though she's standing. She's tilting forward, Donald Trump style, just leaning over. <laughs> she's so interested in the story, she's like, no way any of this is true, no way. Yeah, it is true, and we pull our guns, and this guy does not care a thing about it. He just seems completely out of it, like he's on meth or something. Then you know what he says to us? What? What does he say? What does he say? Don't keep wow. us hanging. What does he say? Does this taste funny to you? Oh, this was a joke. And everybody <laughs> in the office cracks up. One last dunk on Miller. And Miller looks confused. So somebody, a nobody says, it's because it's a clown. The clowns are funny. <laughs> this is totally sensei knowing his audience. Yeah. He's like, they're not going to get the subtlety of this joke. So I have to have a character explain it. Yeah. And, th I, and this is a character that probably however long ago said, I need to keep my job. I don't want to lose my pension. But he has spent every time from then till now ripping the piss out of an FBI agent right? and any superiors. It's like, yeah. can we go back to that bit when you said, oh, my God, I don't want to lose my pension. I like to keep my job. Maybe you want to remember you said that. Stop ridiculing federal agents. I want to point out there was an even funnier joke that was unintentional from the clock's captioning where he said how quiet they were. He's like, we were quiet as a rat pissing on cotton. Yeah. But, yeah. The, the, but, but the, the, the translation was a rat, a rat pissing on a cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite expression. That's a real yeah. Memphis expression. Oh. A oh, rat wow. pissing on a cat. Well, you know, Sensei went to Memphis to research. He yeah. didn't just like pull it out of his ass. Or he went to Memphis to yeah. find a soul to steal. <laughs> he is well, he definitely, yeah, he definitely went to Memphis researching cats. But I think he thought he was going <laughs> researching. In other words, that it's also 
Cots are cold. You know. Getting in, get in that fog. So oh, yeah. after everybody has shit on her, you know, dunked milk on her head and everything, she finishes going through the DNA. She's like, what? This bartender, bartender one, the blonde who fucked Leon. Why does she, she's got to remind the audience who she's That's why we about. need to know that. That's why he asked that question. That's why. Yeah. That had to be it. Her, uh, Jacob's DNA was under her fingernails. And remember, yeah. people, we're wondering, what were those scraps that he was putting underneath her nails? That was Jacob's DNA when he cat scratched him. All right. So what are we going to, where's this going to go? We'll join it later because right now we've had too much fun. We've had too much uh, plot build up here. We just need a good, clean action scene. Well, it wasn't clean and it wasn't good, but it was an action scene. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So Lazarus shows up. He's got his full hoodie, aviators on, looking like, you know, the bomber guy. Unabomber, yeah. Unabomber. Yeah. Uh, Sensei calls out to him, hey, Lazarus, baby, you ready to sweep the get swept? I don't know, man. <laughs> so they fight forever. Right. Just tons of just slaps. Both of them just trading bitch slaps. And that's, that's in between uh, Jacob just... Again, destroying the, another bar. Destroying another bar. He he's already done this once to Lazarus. No, he just no. beat him up a little bit. Yeah. He only got to beat him up a little bit. Yeah. But we already got to see this is his mo. When he gets into a bar, a, 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 an apartment, any kind of building, he's going to smash your face into everything. He's going to break you over tables. Bar, a question: would, Why would why would bars have glass tables? You figure that'd be the last thing <laughs> yeah, you'd want. Maybe yeah. a bar would have a glass table for its first night and then go, hmm, might want to replace that with something concrete or wooden. Yeah, right. like, like not a shit kicker bar like this was supposed to be, yeah. but like a high flute and cocaine bar, maybe you would have glass because you, you want to. Yeah, you, gotta do, you always yeah, do yeah. coke off glass. Exactly. Yeah. So here we go. We're just throwing them around again. This guy, again, Sensei is wrecking these people, but they just pop right back up and keep fighting and keep fighting. So this and guy, he's taking no hits at all. He's back to full sensei. He's full sensei mode now. And then they go to like a tool, like a closet, like a janitor's closet. He thinks he's got an exit, Lazarus. Yeah. Turns out it's locked. So he grabs an ice pick. And sensei reaches and finds a hammer. Yeah. And now we're going to have a hammer ice pick fight. Yeah. And it's just... Yep. It, God, it just proves what a sadistic man deep down Seagal is. Because he just starts hammering the guy's joints. He's... He's fucking doing the Ronnie Garvin stomp on all the fucking joints, hitting his elbows, his knees with a hammer. Right. Just... But the thing is, it's like we've all been putting up picture frames and we hit our thumb with a hammer. <laughs> or maybe it's just me. That shit hurts. Yeah. If you hit your thumb once with a gentle tap on a hammer, you're stopping. You're not doing anything else. I'm, I'm not taking several blows to the joints of a hammer and carrying on. I we also point out um, cops are watching this in awe. Cops show up. Yeah, cops show up. They're they're not like, oh my god, please stop. They're like, yeah, get him once in the in the fucking brain. Let's see you brain this man. Yeah. So they're screaming, cat fight, cat fight. What are you gonna do? You know, they're 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 loving it, placing bets. Also, this is such a brutal fucking scene. Which again goes back in my theory, he is a fucking serial killer. Right. Well, he you definitely a, say this. Yeah. Yeah. He's a sadistic motherfucker. And finally, the cops are like, whoa, you're going too far. So they yeah. do pull him off eventually. Yeah. And then he goes, he'll confess, baby. He the gift. He the gift. All right. So here's where we get. <laughs> this is the good thing they should have played up more in the movie. This would have been an interesting angle. What, writing it? Yeah, it would. 
script. <laughs> yeah. Script. Well, this scene one. was definitely written by Sensei. <laughs> this scene. I oh. alluded to this scene earlier. Yeah, yeah. You did. But yeah. this is the suspicion that I feel like they should have played on a lot more because of my whole theory that he is a fucking serial killer. You know now, what, Griff? You're much like Miller, your suspicions are bullshit. Thank you. And uneducated. All right. So tell me, Storm. How many how many how many uh cases have you been on? One. Oh, one. Look at this guy. This young boy can teach me something about movie plots. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> But Miller is throwing out a whole theory where it's like... Which ha- holds way more water than, than, than Jacob's theories. Way more. Way more. Yeah. All we know about Sensei is that he... We actually have DNA it. evidence, which uh, we haven't had in any of Jacob's cases. Anything anything Jacob's touched, he's taken home, so his fingerprints are all over but it. But remember, he always gets a confession, which is better than any evidence. Yes. Because a confession under duress will hold up in court. He's the <laughs> only guy who still defends Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Yep. He's very much into torture or enhanced interrogation. Enhanced interrogation methods. So, yeah. So Miller's throwing Storm this whole pitch. Like, no, I think I think your buddy uh, Jacob King is a serial killer himself. Well, well, how does she preface it though? She goes, "Look, I'd rather die than admit this." This is totally Sensei writing this. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't it she, just? Yeah. She does try to throw a look, man, but it comes weak because she's weak. I'd rather die than admit this, but he is a genius. Oof. And maybe he uses that genius to hide his own criminality. So you and you and Miller are on the same wavelength. I mean, how could we not be? He's crazy as fuck. And Storm, of course, has to be like, no, no. I told you the clown story, right? <laughs> yeah. It's very real. He's the best guy ever. He helped me get back on the wagon of alcohol when I got off the wagon. Like, he's keeping me straight and narrow. It's right. like, did he, though? Because he gave you a big glass of whiskey before, didn't he? Well, so, sure, had uh, you forgotten that? Oh, well, you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we go back to Jacob, because what he just wrecked the fucking guy in the bar. He's closed. So, it's like, what? what is he going to do after he's just... Uh, just Finally going to fuck that woman that he's got at home. That's Maybe that's what he was going to do, is go celebrate by put. Letting her get on his dick. He get she gets her reward because he's solved the case. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna honor her by Again, having sex with her finally. Only can get his dick hard when he does something sadistic. Yeah. Okay. It's proven the theory. Very Paul Kersey. Gets home. Celine's <laughs> tied up in bed, and she has some weird cuts on her arms and presumed dead. Yeah, they were not astrological. Not astrological. No symbols left behind anymore. So there's no like, schedule to them, or anything. no schedule. No, yeah. no moon phases. Nothing. No. So we get the close up of him trying to register, like process. Well, at least he knows that Lazarus didn't kill her, though, because of that. You know, there's no that's true moon phases. So he's trying to process the fact that this woman that he at least grew close enough to invited into his home at any point in time. Well, she was there to put put his cat out. That could have been it. Yeah. And Take wear the cat, feed it. And wear some lingerie that's happened to be in the closet on. Yeah. Just pop that on. So he's just looking at her. And then he hears somebody walking in his apartment. Well, he's kind of pissed because there's blood on the sheets. He's like, how many? You know, hard <laughs> is getting blood out of sheets. And this is where I, I missed out on it because YouTube actually bleeped out a lot of the swear words. They're coming down on swear words on YouTube now. Yeah, I noticed that. Hey, I really? I don't know what they're going to do about us. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's we at least put terrible. everything. Up as 18 or older. I think they're coming really hard for the people who just release it for everybody. So, yeah. Um, So, anyways, he hears somebody walking in 
And he's like, if you wanted me, you could have just called me out, motherfucker. That was the first line he read without even turning to look. He already knew Billy Joe is in his apartment. Billy Joe Armstrong. So then it's just another pummeling. The same one he gave him. It's a nice bookend because he gives him the same pummeling at the end they did at the front. He's so angry, he destroys his own house and all his glass tables. Yeah, yeah I didn't understand that. Why was he not? You'd move the person into the middle of the floor, wouldn't you? So you could pummel them through your glass table or something. You wouldn't go, I'm going to move next to this. As soon as I saw a picture in the background, I'm like, uh-oh. And yep. sure enough, that got destroyed as well. Yep. <laughs> so we got we got fucking a knife get pulled into play here because Billy Joe loves his knife. Right. And did you notice it wasn't a switchblade? No, but they made it sound like it was a switchblade. It was a spring knife, but yeah, yeah. Th- because it's illegal to have switchblades at this point. So, Well, unless you're in Jasper, Missouri. You know that yeah. Abra looked that up, and it is true. You can have a switchblade in Missouri. Is, wow. is it legal to be a serial killer, though? Because <laughs> it's like serial killers like, oh, no, I can't have that. I might get in trouble for that. Oh, you I, might I, get in trouble for slaughtering women, but, you know. That's a good point. <laughs> All I know is Jacob is in total control, as always. Always, yep. yep. And he cuts... Be, uh, Billy Joel, Joel, Billy Joel, Billy Joel, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the innocent man. Yep, he that does. could have been great if his name was Billy Joel. I think Hill was his Billy, name. Billy Joel if, Armstrong. If he strangled, if he strangled <laughs> people with a piano wire, that would be that, good. That, that would See? work. I would and like he only that. killed up, and he only strangled uptown girls as well. Exactly. But yeah. he would never settle for a pun like that. Sensei is a thinking <laughs> man's writer. That's too cheap for me. No, yeah. too cheap. Uh, so he actually does the big bully thing where he allows Billy Joe to hold on to his own knife and he takes control of his arm and uh, wrist and makes him slash his own throat. Yeah, because he's a sadist. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And as he's falling down, and you know, we've always said that you can't yell, you can't do anything when you get your throat slashed. Billy Joe can still talk. <laughs> so when you get stabbed, you can't make it sound. Exactly. But when your throat, throat is slashed, yeah. you can still talk. Now what happens if you get corroded? I don't know. Really loud. So, I don't get. I don't get why Billy Joel just didn't leave though. Because then I thought this is where it's headed. The Steven Seagal is going to get stitched up for the murder of this girlfriend, and that could have stuck. That could have been unless interesting. the serial killer stayed in the house to have a fight with Steven Seagal. Stewart, he couldn't win a fight with. That could have been interesting, but we're not yeah. talking about interesting. I we're have about a feeling. No, no, we're talking about Kill Switch. Yeah, I right. have a feeling this movie was far more interesting. Steven bought the rights to it. And then just kind of move things around a little bit to make his character the way he is. Because I feel like this movie really was supposed to be the direction we're going in, where he is the monster. Yeah. Anyways, what we have, he's the guy's dying. He looks up at Steven and says, I'm dying. He says, you're not dying, baby. Okay, maybe, yeah, now you are, you are dying. So that was his line. It was bad. <laughs> Maybe you're dying. No, it was. It was no. It was like. I'm sure it was bad. I was it so was bad, but it was just like you're not dying, baby. You're not dead yet, I think, maybe. Anyway. You could have just said, no, he, switch. He did. He did the, the Billy Joel, he's, he's grabbing his throat. He's like, oh, my God, you killed me. And then if you listen, he actually goes, ouch, just before he drops. <laughs> it was like, and I'm not even kidding. You go back and listen to that. He goes, ouch. Yeah, that's what I'd say if I had my throat. I love cut. how he's surprised. Ouch. Like, you killed me. Yeah. Why did you do that? Right. Ouch. Thump. And then he hits the floor. I'm surprised he didn't say, you were a worthy adversary. <laughs> All right. So we just kind of cut away from this. And we don't know how much time elapsed, but Storm and Miller show up. Apparently, they were driving over here as well. And so they've arrived, and here's a big bloody affair. Yeah. And Bodies everywhere. We're, 
here's uh, Miller's theory just coming to proof. His girlfriend's dead in his bed. But then there's also this other fucking dude just bloody mess all over the place. Who's, so like, who wow. Storm feels the need to point out when he walks through the door. He's like, hey, there's a bloodstained corpse right there, right in front yep. of you. Careful, don't trip over that. Oh, Steps on wow. blood, spreading evidence everywhere. Yeah. And Storm goes over to a desk and he knows the letter addressed to Storm. They're calling out to Jacob. Where are you? Where are you? He's not right. there. But yeah, he finds the letter. Opens it up. We get a nice voiceover from Seagal. Like, hey there, baby. It's your, it's your boy, Jacob King. Now, I know this looks pretty fucked up, <laughs> but they, he did confess to the murder before I killed him. That's right. It was clean. Uh-huh. And I know some of you, the, the FBI, think my ways are unorthodox, but I get results, don't I, baby? I just took two serial killers off the streets. So just trust me, baby. I did not kill Celine. My job here is done, and I'm moving across town only because there's other serial killers for me to kill. I'm moving to L.A. where the crucifixion killer, I think, is. Or yes. Whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey, is that... That was Chicago. Is that reindeer penis? And then he just signs off. That's it. Signs off. Yours truly. Leaves the scene of a crime. Yep. Now, hero. if Boy, you haven't hero. been mind-fucked enough by this movie, the ending <laughs> is the most bizarre ending. Right. And unnecessary on top yep. of it. So we got to give... It's like, I think what it is is... He realized he left it ambiguous that, you know, like, you, you, like your theory is true. So Seagal had to add this to make right. it look like, no, there's no way. I'm, I'm innocent. I'm right. a hero. So we, he doesn't just hit you once, twice, or three times. He hits you like nine times with his innocence. And so as he, uh, Storm is finishing up the note, he ha, Miller like walks in the room and somebody calls out to them, hey, uh, what's his name? Lazarus confessed. Yeah, he did all the murders. <laughs> yeah. And he made he framed it to make it look like Storm uh uh not Storm. Jacob yeah. did all the he, killings. He even confessed to Celine's murder. That's yeah, that's how. right. And Billy Joe's murder. That's right. Yeah. He confessed to all of it. So <laughs> hands clean. We've yeah, solved the closed. fucking case. Yeah. <laughs> Again, not even in town and Jacob has solved that case. He's yeah. got his name written off just by beating the shit out of a man with a hammer. Yeah. So who you'd think would have an axe to grind with the guy and be like, oh no, he fucking did it. Yeah. No. So you think thankfully it's over with. This movie's done. Oh no. We get a nice little epilogue. Oh yeah, you gotta get more evidence of how good of a man he is. We see Sensei driving up to a nice little cottage out in the woods. Oh, you moved on with your life. Good. You're putting serial killing behind you. Goes up to a door, opens it. There's these two little boys who can't or it's like they almost look like the the fucking twins yeah. from the beginning. His own brother. That's right. And he's got presents for them, and then a, a Russian woman, blonde, comes out. Their They're maid speaking comes Russian out to first, them, and he speaks Spanish to her and everything. Yeah. And then he's it's like, "All right, you need to leave now." And that's when wifey comes in, right? And then she takes him up to the. This is oh my god! This is such a gall, little dick energy fucking scene. Yeah. Takes she takes him up to the bedroom, does a little strip tease. I didn't see it because I watched it on YouTube. Yeah, I, I saw it. I saw it. Okay, she does a little strip Twice. tease for him. Twice. Yep. And he's just he's he's nodding in approval as he's standing in the doorway. We we actually watched this just a little while ago. Murray got to see it. I actually just got to see it for the first time as well in full nudity uh, when we watched it together a minute ago. But me yeah. and Murray were saying to ourselves during this, they were like. 
there is no establishing establishing shot that the two of them are even in the same room. Because <laughs> it probably no. well, except when he grabs her. Except then when he yes. grabs her. Yeah. So there is eventually. But one. so that leads to the question: Is this a secret family Jacob had, or is this supposed to be like ten years down the line? Like, what the fuck is going on in the scene? I think that's Daniel's family, and I think he's gone to pretend to be Daniel. Oh my, <laughs> oh my god! god. So because saying... when the, the kids sort of call him Poppy or something, don't they? Which I think can be Granddad in some. So I'm thinking, is that his sort of granddaughter or something? And then when I'm like, well, knowing Sagal, it still could be. So I don't really yeah. know. But I, I, yeah, my one question is, who's she? What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> why, why are they rushing? Why is that scene still in there? You don't yeah. need it at all. Very. Very bizarre. And again, just trying to write off his character. No, actually, I was never this crazy person. Look at this. I'm a loving father, maybe? Maybe my brother never died, and this is his family, and I'm just interloped, or, you know, just... And I just killed him, and now I'm taking his family? Because I'm his yeah. twin brother, and we were the same weight and shape, and he also bolts his hair on it each morning. Yeah. Just... <laughs> it's like a Lego character. Exactly. It just pops it right <laughs> on there. Such yeah. a... So many questions. I got. I mean, but that's what art is, Griff. This isn't just a movie. This is art, where he's you, you're left with more questions than answers. This is what I love about Sensei Seagal. I, I like we. I said it before. We watch so many ridiculous movies that we just come out feeling flat about. And here we are with the Steven Seagal movie. Nearly five pages of notes. <laughs> so many details to talk about. What is he doing? What is he saying? Is he a serial we had killer? All these notes. Yet somehow we still came up with more theories just talking with each other. I mean. For real, <laughs> the the magic and I'm genuinely saying that the magic of this film to me though is whilst I was watching it and after I watched it, I thought this is the worst Steven Seagal movie I've ever seen, and I've seen quite a lot. However, I know for a fact in a few months' time I'll feel the need to watch it again. I bet, and, you I, will. and it's but it was terrible. But it's like I will end up watching it again just to see this is this is the so bad it's quite good thing, yeah. even though it's not good at all. But you... it's uh, weird. Like, I, I recommend almost all the fucking Seagal movies just because watching his arrogance just put on display is it's fascinating. always great seeing someone who's so not self-aware. Yes. Yep. That's what makes this, a good, bad movie. Yes. This is the worst, though, uh, this, the Steven Seagal films I've seen. I've You're welcome. Seen, and, and it's like, so I was saying it before the chat, I'm like, why, why have they made me watch this? And now I know why, because there's so much stuff to dissect. I mean, this is he... this is more complicated than Donnie Darko. <laughs> <laughs> there will be documentaries about Kill Switch in the future. Hell yeah, this will be like you know how they sort of talk about The Shining and going, oh my god, it's actually about the faking of the Apollo moon landings and the Holocaust and the you know the the murder of the Native Americans and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Kubrick meant this. I think there's going to be shit like this on Kill Switch in well, years. I agree. Do you Would think it... it'd be? Making it up to you then if we do Under Siege 2 and we invite you on for that because you keep saying we pick the wrong movies for you. Oh, you put you so pick the right movies, genuinely. I, I, yeah, so I hated that movie, I think it's terrible, but I love being able to jump on a podcast and go, let's tear it to pieces because there was so much in this film, and I'm pretty sure I will end up watching it again at some point, which just (laughs) baffles my mind. You just need to hear that accent. Maybe you'll uh, book a trip to Memphis sometime, and you'll need to remember the accent. Well, even my uh, my other half, Annette, she because I started watching Kill Switch last night. Watched about half an hour of it. Run when it ran out of time, 
started watching it again today while she was building her, she's building a Lego dream castle. And she hates Steven Seagal with a vengeance. Don't know why. Clearly doesn't like Shakespeare or Steven Seagal. Right. They're both it's be a, neck she and just neck. doesn't understand and, something like this. And within maybe half an hour, she would be walking in and out of the room going, hey, baby, Lord have mercy. So it's like, <laughs> so she's been infected with the wonder that is Sensei Seagal. I didn't realize how disarming his accent was. It was perfect. It, it was. Did, he, he just read that IMDb profile. Yeah. Charming <laughs> to women. Right. Your girlfriend was repulsed, and then he won her <laughs> over with his charming southern draw. Oh, my God. It's true. Yep. It's a fact. It's IMDb official trivia. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, we, we've done it again. <laughs> we've done it again. <laughs> it took some help. We had, it took three people to carry this piano, but right. we got that piano right on the top of that hill. Right. So, so um, one, of the, one of the questions I want to know is last week when you did the Roadhouse episode, you announced that this week was going to be Seagal and me. What is next week? What's next for you guys? Um, wow. Perfect segue. He's the master of podcasting, though. Well, Stuart. The old guests don't stop with you. We're having an old favorite of ours is coming. If if you joined us during the COVID years, you might not even know who this guy is because he predates COVID. You know, right. you should be going back into our back catalog and checking mm-hmm. him out, which Griff has been diligently putting it up on YouTube to make it even easier to check out. But our old buddy Sean Pigeon's coming on. Personal friend of ours. He will be in the studio slash Griff's Kitchen. Slash Griff's Kitchen. To talk about a movie that he claims is Top Gun done right. Ooh. Don't, don't, don't start on the Top Gun. No, mm. no, just... Nah. Sorry, sorry to break your heart, Stuart. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. We just tell the truth. We're just truth tellers. That's all we mm-hmm. are. It's a little movie that... I don't, have you, You've never seen it, right? No. I've never seen it either. We're gonna, I'm sure Stuart has seen it. A little movie called Iron Eagle. We're going to oh, be doing. Oh, good movie. Yeah. Okay. Better than Top Gun? No. Well, it's Ooh, different. It's okay. it, Iron Eagle is kind of like Top Gun if Top Gun was done by Canon. So for oh, you guys, you'll probably movie. think it's better Top Gun. It's, so, yeah, it yeah. It sounds way better already. Yeah. Way better. So tune in for that. Thank Bye you, uh, Stuart. Oh, we're going to have you back on sooner. We're not going to let you, wait, make yeah. you wait another year. We're not missing We have so year. many guests. Thanks, guys. That's you the do. Problem. Yeah, yeah, scheduling. So many great guests. We didn't get you on for your World Cup update. You, you're over there in the UK. You probably yeah. had a lot of talk about there. No, I don't watch it. I'm oh, not okay. a football, not a football fan. Oh but you, make, you make sure you enjoy your game tomorrow night that you're watching as well, because I heard you mentioned that on Roadhouse. So, I will. I'm hoping yeah, no. it should be an easy one. Oh yeah, the Buffalo Bills, yeah. of course. So, yeah. Unfortunately, the Detroit Lions did not make the playoffs. They were the darlings. But they, they did win the game. Yeah, they were the NFL darlings of the year. Right. So yeah. momentum. But all right, thank you, Stuart. Thank we'll you. have you back on soon. Everybody, check in for Iron Eagle next week and keep it warm. Bye.